and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I force my fiancé to watch the musicals he really should have seen by now, and then we talk about them. I am the fiancé. I'm Drew. This is a musical that very early on into the podcast, I said we should watch, and you said, no, let's wait. Yes. Because I remember that the pro shot was for a limited time free on YouTube in the very early days of lockdown, and you thought... No, it's too soon to do everyone's talking about Jamie. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'll wait. And then you told me there's a film. I thought, oh, okay, we'll definitely wait then. And now I'm angry about the film. Well, <laughs> <laughs> if our podcast has taught me one thing, mm-hmm. it is that the film of the musical is never anywhere near as good as the musical source material. But in my naivete... <laughs> I thought we'd be fine this time because this film is directed by the director of the stage show and brought to us by the same creative team. However, (laughs) the problem with that is you're always going to have producers Mm -hmm. and the production companies behind the film and studios that will interfere. Mm -hmm. And maybe that happens. But Phantom... I enjoyed the movie, but it is not as good as the stage show. However, that's not the studio's fault. No, that one. but <laughs> we all know point whose stands. Fault that is. I like Cats the film, but I preferred Cats the stage show because I, I feel agree. like it it was better. Mm. You know, I I I much preferred seeing people dressed as cats than CGI abominations. Meow 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 meow. <laughs> Last five years was an interesting one in the fact that the film was really good, but so was the version that we saw last year, which has gone back to the West End, where yeah. it's actually debuted now in the West End, and I urge everyone to go check it out. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Amazing. We need that, a cast album for that. That one, I think, is different, but I think that's because of how unique it is. And how different having a stage show with only two actors is think... to a movie where you have to be... You can't just film these two actors' faces yeah. for the whole show. I'll say I do think the stage show is better simply yes. because of, you know, the spectacle of seeing just two people. But the film was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I've ever seen one where I, I watch it and I think, huh, the movie was better than the stage show. I don't think there's anything where, like, the movie has necessarily improved on... I, scratch that, Frozen. No, again, your the stage is better. The yeah, around. no, I am thinking of it better. I don't think there's one where the well, movie I... has improved on the stage show. Yeah, so I was going to say for you, Aladdin, because you think the movie's better than the stage show. Yeah, but, but that's the same as the Frozen. Movie came first, yeah, so it's. So... Yeah. Hmm. Maybe, you know? Maybe one day. Or yeah. we could just film pro shots like Hamilton. And come from away. We've not watched it, but oh, no, it is getting a lot that, of though. acclaim. They did a great job at West End Live. We did not go to West End Live this year, but I watched all of the footage from yeah. West End Live. They were fantastic. They did a really good job of just being really minimal about the whole thing. They will just will come from away t-shirts and performed and it was great. Yeah. It was a good show. Didn't need scenery? Nope. Frozen did the same. The only the only prop costume they had was Olaf, Olaf. but he doesn't work without it. No, you need to have Olaf there. Mm. I think you need to have a little sense of magic. Yeah. So, everybody's talking about Jamie. We were quite excited to wait for the film. 
I'm that sort of person where I will see the film first and then read the book, which a lot of people think is weird, but I feel that way I can enjoy the film once and then I'll enjoy the expanded lore of the book as opposed to enjoy the book but hate the film because they cut some of my favourite bits. Well, so I try really hard when it's something that I love as a book that's been turned into a movie to understand that I'm not going to get to see everything books have to be streamlined yep sometimes things that get taken out i'm not happy about i could talk for an hour about the hunger games yeah and the things that they left out of that that just show a lack of understanding about the what the book was about Mm -hmm. compared to the movie but things like harry potter like the first one i understand why they cut so much out of the book and why they made it really clear they shouldn't have yeah However, I don't like it when you really change the order of things. Like people will say Azkaban is the best film. For me, it annoys me the most because there's a lot of like jumbling up of the book. Yeah. So, and like retroactively adding some stuff in. Yeah. And 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 sometimes it's it's for the best. Just, you know, look at Scott Pilgrim. We managed to get six graphic novels into one film. Mm. If they tried to turn it into a trilogy, it would have died. It would have died. We'd have yeah. only had the first one. So I understand why. However, would have made an awesome trilogy. Mm-hmm. But it or is really a really is. good Netflix show. Yeah. If it was made in the same style. Well, this is it. Streaming services and, you know, Game of Thrones have changed what it is to adapt books yes. nowadays. Now, and the issue... Musicals the, have. Yeah. The issue that we face, though, or that I face, <laughs> is that when we go to see musicals and... I have movie musicals, sorry. When we go to see movie musicals and I have already seen the stage show, I am always looking for those things that they've changed because I want to know why they did that. For example, I know why they write a new song every time they make a movie version of a musical. It's Oscar bait. You can only get nominated if you create a new song for that show. I understand. That's fine. Put it over the credits like everything else does. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with that. Do not delete my favourite song because they always get rid of my favourite song and replace it with something new. I don't want that. And it's going to be the same for everyone. At some point, a movie version of a musical will have messed with everybody's favourite song. Regardless of what movie it is, regardless of what song it is, somebody will be upset, right? And I understand that. I know they're not making this movie specifically for me. However, <laughs> I can still get upset about these things. But also sometimes it's weird because you think this is a song that might be more universally beloved and you're like, why have they got rid of this song? Yes. Well, and we're going to talk about that specifically with this movie. Yeah. Because there is a lot of... I have like eight different angles for why they should have kept in the song that I'm going Loco to talk Chanel. about. Chanel. Yeah, The Legend of Loco Chanel is a highly marketable song. Yeah. You have... an actual drag queen play your drag queen in that RuPaul's Drag Race is more popular than ever drag as a whole art form is more popular than ever why wouldn't you market on that but also like they had actual famous drag queens in the stage show yeah and and with the advent of RuPaul's Drag Race UK yeah this being a UK production could there not have been some collaboration could there not have been you know that the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Gets to be gets like to be a like Chanel. a Chanel. Yeah. 
that would have been some fantastic synergy that would have built like that's the thing is in terms of the marketing of this film Mm -hmm. you've got a pre-built market there already why not raise the hype get us to love this person doesn't matter if they're in it for one song and it's a glorified cameo Mm -hmm. that is still pretty awesome yeah so i know that the biggest issue you have with this is something that surprisingly hasn't been talked about as much on twitter as i expected it to Mm -hmm. and i've been looking and i've seen some universal praise for this film people loving it i've seen a lot of people being angry that legend of loco chanel's not in it yeah because it's a bop (laughs) and very old drag as well the thing that you are most frustrated by yes is something that a lot of people seem to love and that is the casting of richard e grant so do you want to care to explain why that annoys you so i did my research before i I wanted to talk about this because i will always open up and say that i'm wrong about anything however i did my research richard grant is a straight man he has said this in many interviews not historically in recent interviews about this musical and the character that he's playing is called hugo he is the adult version of his old drag queen persona loco chanel and so they have richard e grant as hugo who is like in his what 50s 60s however old richard e grant is yes and then they have the original actor who played jamie in the west end playing young drag queen loco chanel which okay yes not a drag queen but i have no problem with that that's a nice reference that's lovely exactly that's how we want to see the original cast Mm -hmm. in this in smaller roles as opposed to uh, looking a lot older than everyone else who is supposed to be a teenager when yeah. you don't look like a teenager anymore. Yeah, and they made a huge deal with making this movie about casting young actors because they wanted everybody to look the age that they're supposed yes. to be. Now, Richard E. Grant, being a straight man, is playing Hugo, who is a gay man. So the character is expressly gay? Yes, in the stage show. Okay. In the stage show, the song, The Legend of Loco Chanel, is his over-dramatised self-backstory. Yep. Now, it has some things in it that are fictitious, but the underlying message of the story is when he was young, he came to the West End to be a star and he met a man who said he could make him famous because he was naive. Yeah. And so he started dating that man. Okay. And then that man cheated on him with another drag queen. So... The drama of it all. They've cut Loco Chanel yeah. so that they can get around casting Rich D. Grant mm-hmm. and turning this character into a straight character. No. The character is still a gay character. The character is still a gay man. They wrote a new song for the scene. Okay. It's called This Was Me and it is supposed to pay homage to, quote, the joys and pains of queer life in the 80s and 90s. The AIDS crisis, Freddie Mercury's death, falling in love and embracing sexual freedom. And so there's visuals and performances that go along with that. However, this is a direct quote from the director, Jonathan Butterell. Jamie, very innocently, hasn't grasped the depth of what drag is and some of that glamour is actually war paint. Here's a chance for him to catch up. There's nothing wrong with not knowing your history but there's something wrong in not being open and interested to learn about it. Yeah. Yes, Jonathan Butterell. 
There is something wrong with not knowing your history. There is something wrong with not looking back a literal year and knowing that casting a straight man in a gay man's role and having him talk about the HIV crisis, Freddie Mercury's death and being a queer man in the 80s and 90s there's something wrong with not knowing that that's wrong. Yeah, I mean... We talked about it in the prom episode. I hold everyone to the same standard all the time. I'm not going to give Rich D. Grant a pass when we talked about James. Now, this is where I feel that there is a double standard, not from you, but from a lot of people that I've seen online. And I'm fully aware, you know, mm. people are entitled to their opinions. Rich D. Grant seems to be beloved. He's a national treasure. Right. What he did as old Loki, people are very, very oh, fond yeah. of that. The man has just lost his partner of a long, long, long time. Mm -hmm. Well, this is not a character assassination. Yeah. But it feels unfair that he gets a pass for this because people like his CV. James Corden doesn't get a pass because people are sick of him. Mm -hmm. Now, I liked James Corden in Into the Woods. Yeah. I don't particularly care for his performance in Cats, but I don't particularly care for most people's performance in Cats. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's as bad as everyone claims, but I certainly would agree that he's uh, in everything and that doesn't help his cause. Yeah. However, he shouldn't be playing this role. Mm. He shouldn't have played uh, Barry in prom. But why is Richard E. Grant getting, you know, get out of jail free card for this? Yeah. And why aren't people talking about it the same way they did a year ago with prom and the only reason i can think of that i have not seen one person questioning rich d grant's casting is just because they don't like james corden it's that same principle of we forgive people we like when they've done wrong things Mm -hmm. because we like them and okay but they'll learn but we don't forgive the people we don't like already Mm -hmm. Richard E. Grant, this isn't a, a personal statement on him, probably should have known better. He said in interviews... This is the thing, right? There is a full interview between Richard E. Grant and The Guardian in which he says, Richard E. Grant says, that he asked the casting directors and the direct, proper director, the director proper, why they weren't casting a drag queen. Not a gay person, a drag queen. And... They said that as the entire director crew and casting crew are LGBTQ plus identifying people themselves, that it was fine for them to cast a straight man in this role. Now, we only have Richard e. Grant's word for that. And I'm not trying to be vitriolic against him. I'm sure he's lovely. Yeah, this isn't against <laughs> him as a person. But just because your casting board and your director crew are LGBTQ, that doesn't mean that they can't make mistakes. Yeah. And like, we all accept we're humans. And they don't speak for the whole community. No. That's a small minority of a much larger community. Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't sit right. No, it really doesn't. Because if it was a race thing it wouldn't be allowed and everyone would be uncomfortable by it and it wouldn't matter if a person from a a, a minority background had said, well, we're all minorities. It's fine if you you paint your face for this role. That, 
it, it wouldn't be acceptable then. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right that we live in a world where there is a lot of hatred towards LGBTQ plus community. And there's hatred that can be left to fester because being part of that community isn't obvious. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you know from looking and interacting with someone the same way race is. Mm-hmm. So people can have more private thoughts that they don't actually know the impact of because that person they work with that they really like that is still in the closet, mm-hmm. they don't know that their bigoted views actually go against this person they're friends with mm-hmm. in the same way you would with race. And with things like this, especially in 2021, where there are such issues surrounding the day-to-day lives still for the lgbtq plus community surely something like this in the same way with prom you should be casting a prominent gay actor in this role so that when they sing this song be it the history of loco chanel or be it um this is me yeah it still comes from that background that voice of somebody who has lived the oppression yeah so I don't know why Rich D. Grant is getting a pass. Maybe he is just really good in this film. But mm. when there's a lot of people that were very vocal about James Corden a year ago that are now mm. saying it's okay, to me that suggests selective memory or just selective issues with the actors. Yeah, We don't want James Corden to be a gay man, but we're fine with Rich D. Grant. Mm. Do you know who I would have cast to play this role? Who? Paul O'Grady. Yeah. Former drag queen, actual gay man, yeah. huge LGBTQ plus activist. Yeah. Sounds good to me. In fairness, there are a lot also, of... Also, I love it. <laughs> there are a lot of prominent older male actors you could have cast as. Now, maybe some haven't had the best 2021s and probably shouldn't have been in this role anyway, but could have played it acceptingly. But mm-hmm. um, there are others. I mean, Ian McKellen's got a musical theatre background with Cats. Mm. He He's... Maybe too, too old, old for but this. I would rather they age up the character mm-hmm. as long as it came from a gay man. Yeah, so, and we're not trying to defend James Corden at all, but we hold these this both of these films to the same standard. Yeah, and I'm 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 surprised that more people haven't. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm very very excited to watch this film. I've been excited to watch this film. Same. I want to see the stage show. I think it. it From all accounts, the fact that this is based on a real story, based off a BBC Three documentary of a boy who wanted to go to his prom in... Yes, the documentary was called Jamie, Drag Queen at 16. Yeah, amazing. And I love the fact that that story, in the same way as prom, wow, more parallels, prom-based bigotry Mm -hmm. has inspired. We've got the American prom, you know, uh, and, and how two girls couldn't go to prom together. And we've got British proms where maybe uh schools haven't allowed a teenager to be truly expressing of themselves yeah you know i'm very glad i won't name our school for obviously privacy reasons we went to our prom and it was great people could go as they wanted to mm-hmm. no fear of i mean i don't know their personal thoughts but there are a lot of people that showed off themselves and i was proud to see these students i've worked with for five years and mm-hmm. be there as themselves yeah. i can't imagine working in a school where somebody dead say yeah but no yeah, there's, so there's some characters in this that are going to make you really angry. But that's good because they're going to be encoded as the villains. And I'm fine yes, with that. Absolutely. And I think it is fine to show racist, bigoted characters as long as they are clearly shown to be the villains. Mm-hmm. And 
if they learn something at the end, great. But if they are exposed and they get their comeuppance at the end, also great. I think the world needs to be confronted with uh, bigoted views so that they know what isn't acceptable. Mm. So I've been very excited to see this. I know a lot of kids I have taught love this story and find it incredibly important and empowering for them. Yeah. I don't know any of the songs, but I've seen enough, like press images i've seen clips of it like for the trade it looks amazing like it's Mm. glitzy and i'm very excited to watch this one yeah well so my mum's watched this already she rang me the other day to ask me if i've seen it yet and i said no no spoilers please but her feedback on it is that this stays very true to the stage show because you've seen the stage show yeah with the exception of changing a few of the songs namely my favorite song but you know (laughs) and this is it i feel like we're still going to have an amazing time watching this Mm -hmm. i feel like we're going to have a really empowering time that's going to be important for especially um a younger generation of the lgbtq plus community and this is the thing right introducing a bit of backstory and explaining why drag queens are so prominent and why jamie understanding the history of drag is important is really important because the audience for this kind of show is teenagers and specifically LGBTQ teenagers. But while it's important that they know this history and that we carry on this history forever, that maybe wasn't the place to put it. Yeah. Because there is a little bit later where I maybe would have put it Mm. instead. But I also think it is just kind of it undermines the point when you don't even have... When it's a straight man telling Jamie his gay history, yeah. 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 You know... Yeah, I have a problem with that. (laughs) It it does undermine the point a little bit. Mm. I don't know. And I hope this film still continues to be empowering. And I hope that this film... You know, it's the same way as Prom. I know you... We've talked about it before, but you sobbed watching Prom. You you told me you wished that film existed when you were Mm. young. And I have so many problems with that film. But... Mostly that they made the two gay characters side characters in their own story but like that is so important to me this is the thing i'm gonna cry all the way through this too but (laughs) you know there's been a huge push for more stories in film and tv for women for uh people of 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 different races and there should be a push for some more lgbtq plus stories but that Mm. push needs to have the actors i saw a great interview with daniel craig where he said he doesn't want a female bond he doesn't a a black bond he wants good characters written for these people so they don't have to take on someone else's legacy they can build their own yeah and i do think that's important you know, that we shouldn't just say, well, okay, we've got this character, but now let's make them a woman and see what happens. Mm. We should instead write new, really good stories for different actors of different yeah. backgrounds. Instead of just being like, but look at us being amazing and trendsetting because Bond is now a woman. Well, mm-hmm. no. I want a female equivalent. I think that'd be an amazing story to tell. Yeah. Why are we not? giving this film the opportunity to be that representation for the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Great. 99.9% of this film comes from that community. This should be 100% the LGBTQ plus community behind this film mm-hmm. because of what it means, because of how significant it is. And especially because they've cast so many of the original cast. Yeah. 
And yeah. that's so important. Do you know how many drag queens are in this movie? Oh, a lot, I'd imagine. To have Richard E. Grant playing one of them in the future. like Yeah. yeah. Right, so before we anyway, do go and watch this, give me a very, very brief yeah. uh, summary of how this fared critically as a as a musical theatre production when it came out. Did it win awards? When did it debut? Very, very brief. Debuted in the Crucible Theatre in Sheffield in February of 2017. But I'm writing thinking that the story of Jamie was Sheffield. Yes, Yes. set there as well. Directed by Jonathan Butterell. Musical transferred to the West End to the Apollo Theatre on the 6th of November 2017. With the majority of the Crucible Theatre cast travelling to London to be in the show. Ran until 17th of March 2020. We know why. Yep. And then returned on the 12th of December with social distancing measures in place, but closed just four days later. The show is touted to return at some point in 2022. Then we got a UK tour. It went to Seoul in Korea, Japan, Australia and Italy. Nice. The Japan tour is actually really good. Has it transferred to Broadway or America at all? Because it feels like this is one that maybe doesn't translate as well. It is going to make its American premiere in 2022, but that's in LA. And they're going to take Leighton Williams as Jamie and Bianca Del Rio as Hugo slash Loco Chanel. I really like Leighton Williams. I really like Bianca Del Rio. Leighton Williams (laughs) is one of my favourite bits of Bad Education with Jack Whitehall. So when I saw that they had a lead role in Jamie, I was very, very happy for them because it's it's somebody who I liked and wanted to see succeed. Mm-hmm. I think having a film will really help its American launch. Yes, I agree. Did it win any awards in the UK on its release? Critically, it got a lot of five-star reviews, including one from The Times, who uh, very, very rarely give out five-star yep. reviews. However, in the same breath as talking about how good it is, they also said that, oh, yeah, we just thought it was so good. Like, it's like the Dear Evan Hansen hmm. for the West End. And everyone was like, oh, maybe not. Never mind. But it won the Critics Circle Theatre Award for Most Promising Newcomer with John McCree. Yep. At the What's On Stage Awards, it won Best New Musical, Best Actor in a Musical, and Best Supporting Actress in a Musical. However, at the Olivier Awards, it was nominated for New Musical, Actor, Actress, Choreography, and Achievement, and it did not win any of them, unfortunately. Yeah. It should have. It should have won way more. But it's one of those that falls into the unfortunate category of being for teenagers. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. win awards. Yeah, it does come across as one that looks very much for a younger generation. Mm-hmm. Now, it was then announced that the musical was going to be adapted into a feature film and that it would be distributed by 20th Century Fox. So Disney clearly wanted none of this. Well, so Disney bought them. Yep. And around the time that there were announcements that it was going to be delayed, Disney dropped... Love, Victor, Everybody's Talking About Jamie, and Nimona, which was in production at the time. Three very, very gay stories that it then, they didn't 
want to make anymore, yeah. basically. And Amazon Studios picked it up and announced they were going to release it on Amazon Prime Video. Cool. I'm very excited. So we have Matt Harwood playing Jamie, Sarah Lancashire as Margaret, Richard Grant as Hugo, and Shobna Gulati as Ray. We also have Lauren Patel, Leighton Williams, Sharon Horgan, Ralph Inesian, John McCree, Samuel Bottomley, and then some wonderful drag queens. Cool. Who I will point out to you when we get to them. Well, I am excited to watch everybody's talking about Jamie. If you are still listening to us, then uh, thank you for listening to us talk about, I think, some very important issues. Mm-hmm. I think we can't go into a conversation about this film without talking about our pre-existing concerns. Yes. But hopefully, as we go forward, we will not be talking about Hugo. It will be talking about Jamie, as the title suggests. And we will be back after intermission. film went by very very quickly did it i think so (laughs) for me it kind of was like oh oh like this one didn't really drag at any point i had points where it i don't know that it dragged i think you're right it it It, was like paced very nicely but there were certain points where i was like okay we've had like three ballads in a row now. right yeah i had the same thing towards the end where i was like we've had four slow songs really slow and the pacing is certainly off but i think i got up for a pause at 55 minutes i was like oh blimey we're halfway through Mm. and i was surprised at how quickly it had gone yeah I'm surprised at how little Hugo slash Loco is in this. Mm-hmm. Is that something that is true to the stage show? Kind of. Huh. There's more than there is in the film, but but yeah. Jamie's the main character and most of it is set at school, so... Which makes sense, but I'm very, very surprised about that we definitely get a lot more of jamie outside of school in the film yeah but i guess that's because you know perks of a movie musical you Mm. can show more locations because you can go on location as opposed to you know having to use very elaborate set design yeah which fair i think Mm. that's one of the things that why not do it with this medium that you can't do on stage Mm. I enjoyed it, but it didn't feel like it lived up to the hype for me. 
and maybe that's because this isn't my story, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm fully aware of that perhaps this story is very, very important for the groups represented. Yeah. It's left me wanting to see the stage show more, though, mm. because I feel like that might be a more definitive and maybe a more complete experience. Yeah. But I enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. I didn't dislike it as much as I was worried I was going to based on our conversations before watching it. Yeah. Well, there's changes made, obviously, as we go through, which I will mention when we get to them. But not even just, like, taking songs out and things, but, like, very specific plot changes. Yeah. Which I'd be very interested to talk about. Mm-hmm. I like the element of an overture to start. You yeah. said it wasn't quite an overture, but it felt recognisable. It's kind of an overture. It was a little bit of... Don't even know it. Yeah, don't even know it mixed with everybody's talking about Jamie. Yeah, which is quite nice. You're too... Mm-hmm. I'd say big songs. As, yeah, the two like upbeat numbers. <laughs> the only two in the uh, whole whole show, by the seems of it. Yeah, because they cut the rest of them. And we start with uh, this story really happened. Then we added the singing and dancing, which you said you don't like. I hate. I don't have an issue with that. Then we added the singing and dancing. Yeah. That's kind of funny, but I hate it when movies open with. Uh, based on a true story or the events in this movie actually happened, blah, blah, blah. Because I'm always like, yeah, I know. That's why I'm watching it. That's, that's why we're here, right? That's why you made a movie about it. But then what if people didn't know? Do you but, think it's better to end time... it that way then? If it was a, you know, something naive watched it. Well, they put actual clips of the real Jamie at the end. So we were going to get that anyway. But do you think having a this really happened right at the end would have been better I think it's important that it's there I quite like it I just it annoys me in all movies it's not a a this movie thing I don't like yep it's it's a trope you don't don't, like yeah it's it's just it feels like okay but so now we don't need to try so hard to make this really realistic because we're telling people that it's real that's fair but I think at the same time it's important sometimes because it's so easy to distance yourself with films that like you forget that the subject you're watching is real. Yeah. And therefore maybe it loses the purpose. Mm-hmm. Especially in a year where we are nine months removed from prom. Which I cared a lot more about the characters in prom. But the girls, not anybody else. <laughs> but would an audience just think like, oh, it's the British version of prom? Therefore, having that this is a true story is important because it's like, yeah, this really happened. We're not just copying another musical. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. I'm not trying to defend it. I completely understand why that would be a trope you don't enjoy. I just, I think it's important with this one, actually. Yeah. However, what I don't like I don't know if we've talked about this before on the podcast. I feel like we have. It's happened in other ones. I really dislike it when a musical uses songs that exist without the the musical existing. In this case, using pop songs. Yeah, having Jamie with his headphones in listening to pop music is very strange. 
Because, like, if you think back to Anno the Apocalypse, when she puts her headphones in, it becomes an internal narrative yes. song. But we also have a radio song, but the radio song is one that exists only within the universe. Yeah. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. But this is a musical, and this whole opening montage sequence happens with a non-musical song. I don't even know what the song was because it's not listed yeah. anywhere. And I think that's... It happens way too often in this film for me to like it. Mm-hmm. And that bugs me, especially considering, like you say, there are songs that have been cut. Yeah. They've been cut for this. Mm. That feels... Like, it just feels unnecessary to me. And that's... Yeah. That's cheap. It's It's just like, oh, we didn't want to choreograph a whole song, but we want to use music here. You're a musical. Yeah. <laughs> you should have. I should be hearing some singing right now. Right? And what better way to start the world than have Jamie's voice telling us this as he goes about his mm. daily business? So, difference number one is that obviously none of this outside of school stuff happens. Yes. In the stage show, we open in the classroom with Miss Hedge doing their careers lesson. Is that what Hedge's job was? <laughs> I honestly, she's. Well, I think she's a tutor, but I don't know. I think she must be there because she. <sighs> I don't I'm know. I'm not sure what's happening with this. Obviously, I actively hate this woman. Yes, yeah, so do I. She's the, the worst, worst teacher. One of the worst characters we have seen in any musical. Yeah. Which. Not I, even because of what she goes and does in this film, but she never seems particularly like she has vindiction behind what she's doing? No, I think she does. You think she does? Because I, just... I think she's firmly on Dean's side, that she's that kind of teacher who has a favourite and knows that that oh, favourite... Oh, she's the worst. And I, I really dislike her. And yeah. I'm glad we don't start with her. Yeah. And I like the idea that we show that Jamie's a hard-working person, you know, is doing this, this... He works really hard outside of school for something that he wants. Yes, and I love the fact that we see Jamie in his bedroom getting ready and you see the posters because I think that's character building already. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nice things there. You obviously get the nice bit from his mum doing the it's your birthday. Instantly, I know that mum is supportive of who Jamie is mm-hmm. and what Jamie wants to do as a profession. Yeah. Because you get a really cute it's your birthday message, yep. a really cute interaction... I thought that Jamie's mum didn't know. I thought the whole point of this was going to be Jamie hiding this. From his mum. From his mum. Yeah. But instantly there, I was like, oh, Jamie's mum knows, which is great. Mm Because I don't, there are so many coming out stories. Yeah, well, this is one of the things that the directors talked about a lot when they were talking about why it's important for Jamie to learn his history. Yeah. Because when we enter the story, Jamie's out already. This story is not a coming out story. There's a line in the film where he says, Jamie knew the boy so interesting that he came out twice. It's a coming out story, but not how we expect it to be. Yeah. And I like that. I like that Jamie is out and proud. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really, really important factor in the story. Yeah. But it's nice that now I know that mum is on board. This as an opening is nice. I just wish it wasn't too generic pop song yeah so we finally get to school (laughs) yeah and yeah you get one teacher who says happy birthday who the head head teacher not clear that they're the head teacher at that point i don't think 
It's not really made clear ever, except for that he ends up outside the head's office. And then he's the teacher that Jamie talks to. Yeah. Not a very good head teacher. Not one that inspires or feels very charismatic or in charge. Now, this is one of the things I wanted to say. When we were watching this film, I kept having to remind myself that this is set in the early 2000s. Yes. Because they're all using modern phones. And they're on Instagram. Right? This Yeah, so this is out of time. Right. This is set in 2021. So there's no reason why his teacher should be not Miss Hedge, I mean the head, why he should be so out of touch yeah. with any of this. Like, they, as teachers, have to teach PSHE in their school, so they have to have done some kind of training on what they're teaching. Yeah. And therefore, they should be more aware of LGBTQ students. And it makes them far worse. Even the head, who really doesn't do anything wrong in this. No, it's except just... Except for that he lets Miss Hedge walk all over him. But he's the head. Yeah. He's in charge of what his teachers are doing. Yeah. But it is set firmly in 2021. Yeah. Because there were enough references to the outside world. Mm. Or maybe not 2021, but... Yeah, Jamie has a within... line where he says, like, oh, if you get famous on Instagram, you can make loads of money. Yeah. So they, they've updated it to fit, you know, current world. But you would be forgiven for looking at it being 2019 or 2020 or 2021, you know. This is a It's a definitely modern... set whenever it was filmed. Yeah, exactly. And... It does make the teaching environment a lot worse. Worse. Yeah. And I feel like if they'd made a conscious effort to portray this as being when Jamie's story really happened, mm-hmm. it would be, it would still be awful, but it wouldn't feel as bad. Maybe that's, maybe that's worth it then. Maybe it is worth having it set today to be like, this does still happen. Yeah, because it's important to acknowledge that. Right, so. Miss Hedge has to be their tutor. And their careers lesson has to be a PSHE lesson. That, or she is like the head of year, and this is a very small cohort, because there aren't many year 11s there at prom. There's not many kids at the school, just in general. So this feels like she's either a tutor or a head of year, because she's the one that welcomes them into prom. Yeah, she's got to be the head of year. And this must be a specific careers-based lesson as opposed to an actual lesson. Yeah, it's not. it can't be like a normal class that they go to. It's got to be just like the head of year takes one lesson a week and they talk about planning for your future. This is an intervention. This is a careers-based intervention. Yeah, 100%. Anyway, she basically says to them all, what do you want to do with your futures? And they all give teenager answers which fair our job as teachers is to yeah that's a great idea how are you going to get how are you going to get there and you know and do you have a backup yeah absolutely fine if you want to be tiktok famous great but there are so many people out there yeah what is your backup and that's why your gcse's are so important because they're a foot in the door Mm -hmm. so that you can have options to fall back on yeah she doesn't have that and she's she's the worst Mm mm-hmm yeah, she, so she says to two of the boys, we meet the twins. The twins. I kind of love the twins. They show up all the time in this movie. They're 
ensemble members yeah. and they're great. Yeah. And every time they move, it's completely insane. I liked that. Terrifying. Yeah, their career. They want to be YouTubers. And failing that. Jedi. Yeah. Obviously. It feels like almost these kids are taking the mickey with her. It's like you would though, right? I think they are. I think deep down they're all like, yeah, we know what we want to do, but but like so she. Oh, they, this line isn't in the film. This is gonna get really frustrating to talk about. So this line isn't in the film, but she had had the previous lesson had them all do aptitude tests. Yep. And this lesson, they all get back their aptitude tests. Oh, is that why one of the girls is getting the be. meat right. person? So she gets meat packer. Jamie gets forklift truck driver. <laughs> and in this film, he says Yes, he does. I've seen that. Yeah. And she says that to him. And then she says, okay, well, what do you want to do? And he says, performer. And she's like, oh, just when I thought you were going to be sensible about yeah. this. Because she thinks they're all taking the mick out of her. Whereas in this version, they must be. Because they're just saying whatever. Because yeah. they don't care about this. The only person who's taking it seriously at this point is Pretty. Pretty who wants to be a doctor. And that's absolutely fine. But it's confusing because Miss Hedge calls on Jamie. And Jamie says... I'm letting my options stay open. And she yes, says... Yes, so I don't know, miss. The world's just full of opportunities. And she says, that's a very serious answer, excellent. And we get the line, I like your shoes. And then we go into, don't even know it. Now, at that point, I'm thinking, okay, she's clearly got a difficult group. Mm-hmm. Happens to the best of us. She's yeah. struggling. Year 11s are getting to the end of their time. They're not as interested. Fine. But she's a nice teacher at her core. Mm. But that's obviously, that is daydreaming. Because after we have Don't Even Know It, we get what really happens. Yes. I like Don't Even Know It. I think the lighting is great. It feels very much like a West End show. You know, the neon and you have the 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 Jamie show. The light up, which is really nice. That's something that happens in the stage show. The choreography is fantastic. Yep. Again, very similar to the stage show. Yeah. I think it captures what it is to be a movie musical really well Mm -hmm. with some of these set pieces. And I like that all of his references in this scene are two things that he later goes on to mention. Like he says how much he loves Madonna and we get the Vogue references. However... They cut three verses of this song. Did they so, really? Yeah, because there's the bit in the middle. We, this song comes on in the car sometimes. So there's the bit in the middle where he, he says, and the girls in the class say, yes, and the boys. And then he says, introducing Miss Hedge, what does the teacher say? And then she has a little verse about how much she hates being a teacher, essentially. She's like, oh, these kids are really trying my nerves. But like, what are you going to do? They're just idiots. Yeah. And that's her little verse. And you're like, oh, okay, I get who you are as a person because you just don't like this job. Yeah. So we should have cut more of the opening and yeah. have... The whole song. These three verses. Yeah. And also because we have the bit where Dean sings about his manhood. Yeah. And then one of the girls says, well, it's a tiny little thing. Yeah. And then that joke's made several times Multiple later throughout times the film. through the film, yeah. Yeah. I do like the, the transition bit where Jamie opens the door and now they just go straight outside and you've got his on the town look and they go into the club. That's a very cool sequence. Yeah, it's Madonna. It's not on the town, but okay. <laughs> I didn't mean on the town. I wasn't making a reference. I just meant he's out on the town. Oh, right. Okay. 
I didn't know that was a reference. Okay. And then we come crashing back to reality mm-hmm. and the teacher, Miss Hedge, says, oh, Jamie, I thought I had some hope in you. You're just as bad as the rest of them. Yeah. And then she allows a homophobic comment to pass. Yeah, so when she called on Jamie before the song, he said, oh, sorry, miss, I was away with the fairies. And Dean, who is the bully kid in this film, because there's only one, obviously, in every class, um, by movie standards, he says, I don't even know what his comeback was. He says something and Jamie goes, oh, yeah, the gay kid's away with the fairies. So funny. And, like, it's nice he deals with it himself. And then we cut afterwards And this time he makes a really homophobic joke about fairies. And Jamie goes to say something back, but Miss Hedge is like, "Uh, Dean, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Right. I was like, no, you're not. And at that point, I'm I'm done with this character. Right. You don't get to pretend you didn't hear that because Jamie did. Yeah. And as teachers, as people, people should be upstanders. They should call out and follow up with things like that as opposed to... Oh, well, I didn't hear it. Mm-hmm. This is the sort of teacher who'd probably allow a racist comment to pass. You well, know? she does. Yeah. Because the same things happen to Pretty. Yeah, she is awful. She deserves nothing for the rest of the film. Yeah. She's clearly the villain. And I really dislike that the film tries to lead us at the end to feel like she's learned a lesson. She hasn't. No she never does. This character. No, she is just a bully. And she gets away with it. And I know this is... The real story, obviously, is early 2000s, back when it was more difficult to get things like this dealt with from a managerial position in schools because parents kicking up a fuss really didn't hold that much ground. But this is set now. If she went to the press, this teacher would be fired. Like, instantly. And the head would be, like, not researched inspected yeah like there would be some kind of whole school inspection to see why this is happening why this was allowed it's a horrible thing and i just don't i don't like that when you see it in characters and great she's supposed to be the villain but i feel like the film wants you to feel she's learned something at the end and she certainly doesn't i don't know where this thing's come from recently and maybe i've only noticed it because it's happened in a lot of recent movies that have come out but I get why we should be teaching young people that forgiveness is an option. Yes. However, I'm a petty human being. I don't understand why every kid's movie or teenager-based movie at the moment is trying to preach, oh yeah, forgive them because you'll be the bigger person, it'll be better later in life. No, ring the police. Yeah, we will... Get the police involved, sue the school, We will talk right at the very, very end that I feel Dean at least gets more redemption than Miss Hedge, but even then, like it's not enough for me to care about. Not them. enough for me to care about them. Yeah. No, but I'll 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 say why when it happens at the end that mm-hmm. I feel like Dean at least does an act that I feel shows growth compared to this adult character. Yes. But we will talk about that when we get to the end of the film. I like the small little moments we have with Mum and is it Ray? Yeah. I like these small little moments. In this case, they can't get in Ray's car because it's full of balloons. so funny. Ray had hooked up with the used car guy and got he, a discount. she'd got this car, but it's got uh, it's got heated seats, but they, they don't, don't work. work. 
but it has them. Yeah. There's a moment later on where Jamie says that Ray is a good father figure. Yeah. And I like that. Which is true. I really like this relationship. We get some nice bonding between Jamie and Pretty. Mm -hmm. Jamie's dad is coming tonight and he's wished good luck. Yes. Um, Supposedly. Supposedly. He's like, I know my dad. I've met him before. Uh, As Jamie's mum is preparing the party, they talk about her lack of dating life. And it emerges that she's working two jobs, extra shifts, whatever, Mm -hmm. to earn more money for Jamie's birthday and prom. Which I think is amazing. There is a lot in this film that instantly makes you fall in love with Jamie's mum and Mm -hmm. you recognise how great she is. But she gets a text from Jamie's dad that says he's not coming. So what does she do? She runs upstairs and she has prepared for this moment. She She knew... Spare cards. Spare cards. She signs it very, very quickly, just as Jamie shows up. Mm -hmm. Puts £50 in it. Yeah. And it is really, really frustrating and heartbreaking because she's going above and beyond when she shouldn't. She's protecting someone who clearly doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And she was great. This actress is fantastic. Yeah, she Her was name fantastic. Is Sarah Lancashire. And she's actually currently filming a TV series called Julia, which is based on Julia Child, who was like a cook cool. chef. I don't know what the official terminology is. But she's been in loads of stuff. Yeah. And she's just fantastic. She was really, really good. I actually think the whole cast did a really, really good job. Mm. I also think the locations in this are gorgeous. Like, not just the set design, like with, don't even know it, but here, just the view from Jamie's garden is is amazing. It's so beautiful. Yeah. He's got his dream shoes, so he no longer has to save up for them. Mm -hmm. He is in awe. And it's just really nice. You know, mum is proud of Jamie. She talks about how... When she went to buy them, the the woman at the shop said, oh, how big are your daughter's feet? Yeah. And mum doesn't hide it. She says, no, they're for my son. Mm-hmm. And I love that. You know, it's small lines like that that just show that Jamie has the perfect mother. Yeah. And yes, Jamie is going to go through some hardships, but Jamie will always feel safe because there's that love from his mother. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really, really nice. That no matter what happens, you know he's got a rock yeah. that he can go to. Oh my god, I've just realised who Jamie's dad is. I know he's in the office. Yeah, but he's the dad in The Witch. The, mm. the Witch. I've <laughs> the never horror seen movie. That. It's such a good film. I've seen him in a lot of different things. and He usually plays that kind of character. You it's know crazy. in The American Office, mm. we have the travelling salesman who you hate, who's like all... That's who, that's the British equivalent is, is, is him. Is him. Well, he's also in the Green Knight, which we need to go and see. I'm yes. so excited to see that. But he's been in Guardians of the Galaxy as well as one of the Ravagers. Yep. Like, this is crazy. Yep. He shows up in a lot of different things. And he's, you know, one of those actors that you'll see him in a lot and not necessarily know his name. Yeah. But, but I, he... I loved him in The Witch. He's one of the best things does about he play a similar character in the witch to this because i felt like oh okay he's just playing the same character he did in the office well, so the witch only has five characters yeah. it has the fi- the family and one of those five is a baby yeah and then it's um the lovely and wonderful anna taylor joy is the anya taylor joy is the daughter who has just been cast in the mario movie <laughs> hooray 
but he it's sort of a shining-esque descent into madness kind of thing from him yeah okay but in like a way more subtle way it's good we need to watch it anyway irony of that being that i thought he was great in that and he was just not interesting enough to be in this i don't feel like dad is supposed to be interesting in this so that's the thing is he's the absent dad and it's like the legacy comes from mum trying her best to make sure her son has this idea of a role model. Yeah. But we know that absent dad doesn't want to be there. I feel like he did enough for what this film needed. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there was noticeable gaps. I don't feel like he needs to be a bigger character. Yeah. Like, you know, considering the whole, his arc is not interested in Jamie and kind of gives Jamie that venom to 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 promote to, to go for the life he wants but also adds that I guess middle of the film arc where it, everything has to come crashing down and Jamie needs to rise again yeah we'll talk about that when we get to it yeah so we learn that the first time Jamie walked in heels he broke his nose fell down the stairs but mum claimed it was a rugby ball to the face and dad was proud. So we're instantly getting ideas of what this man is like. Yes. And interestingly, this all takes place in Jamie's garden. Yep. Because one of the sort of key elements that's talked about in the stage show, which then gets referenced in this film, is that he doesn't want to leave the house with any of this stuff. So when they give him the shoes, they're in the kitchen. Yeah. And he wears them around the kitchen. Mum says to him, well, why don't you take them for a spin in the garden? And he's like, oh, no. I don't think that's a good idea. And that's when he starts singing Wall in My Head. Yeah. Whereas here it's, oh, your dad would have been proud. Oh, yeah, your dad was proud. The rugby ball hit you in the face. Incredible. And then they go inside and he stands in the garden and says, On the wall. <laughs> wall in my head. Yeah. I mean, you still get the sense of there's a bubble. Yeah, definitely. This version of Jamie can only go within this perimeter. Mm-hmm. I liked the flashback to baby Jamie. I thought it was important to kind of show a little bit of history. And oh, baby Jamie. Baby Jamie was cute. I liked baby Jamie staring out the window at 16-year-old Jamie. While he's singing, yeah. yeah. It's a nice little touch. him at the window in the background. That's I cute. also really love the shot. I'll say this throughout this, this, this film. The cinematography is amazing, but there's a great shot. With the camera showing Jamie's full body walking from behind into the sunset as he goes along the wall. Mm-hmm. I just love that shot. I thought it was gorgeous. Yeah. We go back to school and Pretty chooses to go to revision over prom planning. Even though she kind of looks like she would want to be at prom planning. Yeah. But it's again that I'm not welcome and I've got to be what my family expect. Which is really interesting. It never really seems like that though. Because when when they were walking down the street and she invited, uh, Jamie invites her to his birthday party, when she's talking to her family, it never seems like it's a family expectation for her to be a doctor. It it comes across like, I don't know, there's some, she really wants. There's enough throwaway lines that are like, there's something going on in her life that we never learn because we're just as selfish as Jamie is, you know? That's true. And, you know, even there's like the rule of, you're going to get me in trouble you know that my parents don't let me have boys in my room. Mm-hmm. Small things like that, that Jamie's, I don't mean selfish and, you know, like I dislike Jamie. We'll talk about it when I 
again when I get there. But it feels like there's a lot more going on with Pretty than we're allowed to know because we are viewing this world through Jamie. Yeah. And there is that balancing of expectations between being the perfect daughter mm-hmm. and kind of wanting to fight back and wanting to go to prom and wanting to be part of it, but also feeling like, no, I've got to stick to the status quo. Yeah. So Jamie shows Pretty the heels. Yes, tells her uh, to swear on something sacred, so she swears maths, on maths. Obviously. I I like that she questions it, and I like that there's a trying to understand it. It doesn't feel like she's judgmental or... She just is completely uneducated about it yeah, as a whole. Exa- she's trying to be open-minded. Exactly, and she's trying to be supportive of her friend. Mm-hmm. I think it balances a very, very... Uh, it's like a tightrope walk on that one. It's a very difficult way to show it. but And there are times you're like, oh, she said the wrong thing. But I feel like they've got a relationship. Like They talk about being best friends since they were kids. Yeah. That they can just be open with one another, another like this. Mm-hmm. But yes, ultimately she supports him. And then we get some more encounter with Dean. Where Dean tries to be homophobic. Well, I say tries to be is, but tries to bring Jamie down. But Jamie... Makes a point of being like, you realise that calling me gay is an insult, isn't an insult because I am gay. Yeah. And, and then, you're not even saying it in a way that's creative. Yeah. You're just calling me gay, and but I'm the one saying that I'm gay. Yeah. And then lists off this brilliant cavalcade of like a response with put downs towards Dean that culminates and, with the, your little yeah. member. We yeah, all know. Dean's response is, I don't have a little joke. Yeah. <laughs> He's so upset about it. It's like the only thing that he takes from what Jamie's saying. Yeah. And Jamie says, oh, well, that's not what Bex says. Yeah. Because we have the two girls who are like the popular girls in the class are called Becca and Bex. Yeah. And they're great. They so, have more to do again in the stage. I was going to say, a lot of the ensemble really are nameless. If you're not Dean, Pretty or Jamie, I don't know who you are in this film. Mm. But... Pretty is, is is over the moon. She's like, you still loved him. You're so brave. I wish I could do that. I wish I could yeah, speak up like he that. Has, Dean has a whole thing about calling... First of all, he calls Pretty a virgin. And like fat and spotty and ugly, whatever. which is nasty as well. Like, Because Pretty seems... And like just, specky. Yeah, just genuine and nice. Still a thing. Well, apparently it is. Um, but also, he always refers to her as an it. Yeah. Which is... Super racist. Yeah. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah. And I mean, it's the same with the homophobia to Jamie, but like, you would think that a teacher would call him on this too. Yep. But no, again, just the whole thing. I know. I like the bit after where Pretty says, you're Emmeline Pankhurst. And he's like, I don't know who that is. And she says, Beyonce back in the day. It's mm-hmm. very, very cool. And Pretty suggests to go to prom as this fierce drag queen persona that Jamie envisions. Mm-hmm. We get Spotlight. My favourite bit of Spotlight is you've got the canteen ladies cleaning and then you get the lights and the transition. They become the dream girls. Yeah, it's hilarious. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And the glitzy set design is just amazing here. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, Jamie says, yes, I'm going to do it. So when we watch these movies, my job is to sit and tell Danny what the songs are before we start playing yeah. so that you can write it down. And at this point, 
knowing that Legend of Loco Chanel isn't in this movie and that they've taken out the more upbeat verses of Don't Even Know It. You were kind of on the edge I until was they like, showed up. There are three ballads in a row here. Yeah. And like, Don't Even Know It still is quite mm. upbeat, but it's his like, I want song, which is then continued in Wall in My Head. And then we have Spotlight, which while it's all glitzy and glamorous, is still a ballad. And then the next thing we get is This Was Me, which I know is a while later, but I was just sat there like, the next song has to be really upbeat. So you were already kind of feeling the pacing issues there. Yeah. I didn't notice it so much here. Yeah, but you didn't know otherwise. Yeah. Which is fine. But at this point, I was like, if I was listening to this soundtrack, I'd have fallen asleep by now. Yeah, that's fair. So we get a moment and we meet dad face to face for the first time. Mum confronts him. Yeah, she's gone to... It's obviously not his place. This place is really nice. I think it is his place. That's where he's living with Cheryl. I think it's Cheryl's place. It's Cheryl's place, but he lives there with them. Yeah. And... She basically says, I can't believe that on his 16th birthday, you just decided not to show up. And Dad says, this is it. This is all the character we need for Dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's not my fault. The boy doesn't make an effort to do boy things with me. Why should I make an effort? Yeah. That's it. That's all we need to know. He's a nasty piece of work. We get this very interesting... And it's obviously done in a way that's supposed to be like him gaslighting Margaret. Yes. But he says to her, I'm not a bad father. That's just the part that you've played me as. Yeah. Like you're telling Jamie that I'm a bad dad because he doesn't see any of the stuff that she's doing. No, exactly. She doesn't know that actually she keeps the myth of him being this great figure alive. Mm. Like she's the one that sparks hope in Jamie that dad wants to be a part of his life. Mm. We get this excellent moment where Cheryl, the new girlfriend, comes out and says... What are you doing? Like, what Hurry is up. he doing? Hurry up. And she, sh- Margaret shouts back, oh, we're just reminiscing about our love life, Cheryl. Don't worry, I won't hold him for too long, which is great. And then Dad turns around and says, like, you know, I'm going to pay for that later on. Why would you do that to me? Yeah. But then Margaret says to him, wow, it's amazing. I could never have got you whipped into shape like this. Yeah. Like, Cheryl is driving you around in your car. You are just a passenger like, seat, aren't you? Yeah, you're not You're not even active in your own new life, like let alone in your old one. And yeah. he says, well, you think you've got everything figured out? Well, Cheryl's pregnant and we're having a boy. So I find we both get the child that we wanted. Yes, and I'm finally done and I'm out. Yeah. And... Which, you know when you're like, <laughs> this kid's going to hate you. <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. I re- Regardless of what your new child is yeah. like, you're just not a good dad. Yeah, I... Uh... Yeah, that poor child. Mm-hmm. Jamie... Cheryl doesn't seem like a barrel of laughs either. <laughs> no. So Jamie's sat at home Googling... Drag queen shops. Drag queen shops. And kind of hides it a little bit from mum just because still on the fence. Mm-hmm. But open with mum about, I'm going to go in a dress. Yeah, he says exactly what he's searching for. He says he's looking for dresses. And mum's like, oh, cool, let me see. And he's just like, no, no, no. I haven't like got an ideas yes. yet. I'll show you when I have ideas. And she's... Super okay with it. It's nice. Jamie says that he hasn't heard from dad Mm -hmm. and mum blames it on Cheryl. Now, it's mum's hubris here is just trying to hope things work out and not being honest. I don't think it makes her a bad person. She's looking out for Jamie Mm. and trying to protect Jamie 
I don't think it makes her a bad person and I can forgive her for... In the same way that Jamie does. Yeah, I can forgive her for having a few opportunities to tell the truth and not, because it's not done maliciously. Yeah, she's not not telling him to keep him in the dark. She's doing it because for noble reasons. It doesn't help the situation, Mm -hmm. ultimately makes it worse. It's like tearing a Band-Aid. She'd be better off pulling it as opposed to slowly peeling it off. Yeah. But I understand why she does this, which is, you know, fine. So we show up at the hose of Loco. The hose of Loco. This made me laugh so much. I Yeah, right. So fun. Not the name of the shop in the stage no, show. No, you've shown me it was Victoria. Victor's Secret. Victor's Secret. I think that's better. Yeah. But... And the joke made about it in the stage show is, oh, you know, Victor's Secret or well, Victoria's Secret is the one that she wants to show her husband, whereas yeah. Victor doesn't tell his wife about this secret. Like, I get it. It's maybe a little bit sexist. Possibly. And maybe also there's a bit of copyright infringement, which on a you get away streaming with service such as Amazon Prime, yeah. you're probably not going to get away with. So, but as, as, a, yeah. as a new name, Hose of Loco, which should be House of Loco, yeah. I like that. Yeah, Jamie says Hose of Loco and... Hugo is like, oh, did that you fall off again? I need to fix that. It's House of Logan. I have to go find an N or something. Originally, he was going to call it the Tuck Shop, and he says he'll let us think about it. Yeah. I think that's a great name. I think it's, it's a good a, joke. Yeah. It is a good joke. Right. Richard E. Grant. Mm. Go mm. for it. Tell us your thoughts. I'm going to talk about this whole section including the song yeah because i think they all it all feeds into each other so i understand why having jamie in both the stage show and the musical say that he's not sure why he wants to be a drag queen it just feels like something he has to do but actually he doesn't know anything about it as an art form yeah or culturally yes other than what he sees on instagram which is that is completely valid. He's 16, of course he doesn't. Yeah. But it's a really nice way, because this movie is for a wider audience, to use that to make a point and show where a lot of the... to show where drag queens have come from. Yes. And talk about the history, and talk about the history of the LGBTQ community, and why it's so important that we need to remember this history and keep talking about it. What I don't need... <laughs> is a straight man to tell me any of these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I think, like you say, he's 16. He's watched RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm -hmm. He follows all these Instagram accounts and thinks, wow, I like this, without actually understanding what it is. We're all guilty of that. Yeah, but the issue is, the actor who's playing Hugo has said in an interview that what he did to prepare for this role was binge watch RuPaul's Drag Race and follow a bunch of drag queens on Instagram. Yeah. Now, that might be either... Right, there are three thing, three ways this can have gone. Number one, he said that as a joke and the interviewer took him seriously because that is way too close to the plot of the film yeah. for it to be uh, not a joke. Yeah. Number two... It wasn't a joke. He actually did that and thinks that that's an okay way for him to learn about this. Yeah. Or number three, 
he got told to say that by somebody. Well, considering Hugo says sashay away at some point, I think. Yeah. I think it's the second one. I think he did watch RuPaul's Drag Race and thinks that that's the entire world of drag and that's all he needed to know and then he just read the rest of his lines and that's fine. Yeah. But because Rich D. Grant has said in interviews that he's a straight man and has said that the way he prepared for this was by watching RuPaul. I just think, why wouldn't you cast... But Richard E. Grant has also said in an interview, you were telling me about this one, Hmm. that hetero men Mm -hmm. should not be playing gay roles. Yeah. And said this after prom was released in response to the James Corden controversy. No, it wasn't after the prom. It was after he was nominated for an award for playing a okay. role of a HIV positive man. So, and but filming on this had already been done. Yeah, I possibly. think like there's some kind of crossover anyway, and yeah, it just shouldn't. It's one of those things where it's like, oh no, I don't think that straight men should do that anymore. But this sounded really fun, so I did this. Yeah. And I was like, okay. But yeah, the, the point that they're making with this film and the point that the directors and the writers are making is fantastic. Oh, God, it's a great this point. This is a good song. I like this song. It's kind of a bop. And the point that it's making, the clips that they've showing and the way that they've put together this fantastic, very uh, heartbreaking, yeah. emotional very scene is super important. However... Oh, and also one of the things I said before we watched it was that I feel like if you're going to do this, it should be later in the film. No, I've changed my mind. It's the right place. It really this was the right exactly place. This is exactly the right place for this to happen. I then won Legend of Loco Chanel before the drag show later because I want more of a point of like, yeah. well, you need to come up with a name for your drag persona. Yeah. And then, I don't know. Jamie says, well, how did you come up with yours? And he was like, oh, I wrote this whole epic backstory. Yeah. Here it is. and Because it's such a good song and it's important. And he makes such a massive song and dance about Jamie needs to come up with a name. Yeah, that needs to be there. Now, what I like about This Was Me, mm-hmm. the bulk of the singing doesn't come from Hugo, luckily. Yeah, thank goodness. It comes from the original Jamie. Yeah. Which is very, very cool. Now, I think in the lead up to this number, mm-hmm. we get one notable moment where I think Richard E. Grant's mannerisms are on par of James Corden's. Mm-hmm. But then those mannerisms go away and it feels just like an old man. And it's almost, I, I, don't, I don't think it should have happened. And I think certainly later scenes with Richard E. Grant as Hugo, yeah. those mannerisms come back. But I feel like there's an element of in those moments he's being loco. It's still not acceptable and it still should not be in there. Yeah. But I don't feel like the portrayal is ever as offensive as James Corden in prom. My issue isn't that Richard E. Grant is a straight man playing a drag queen. Yeah. Because obviously there are straight drag queens. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. My issue is that the character he's portraying hugo and loco chanel is a gay man because we have multiple instances first of all 
he talks about his ex-husbands, mm. which the seven ex-husbands thing is probably an overstatement, but it's a joke that a gay man is making about himself. Yes. And also, in this phenomenal, heartbreaking song, we have him watching his partner die. Yeah. And then it, when it cuts back to Richard E. Grant as an old man, he's holding the flowers yeah. that he gave to his partner, who I don't think we ever learn his name. I think, like you say, it should be a, a gay man telling this story. Mm. You know. Yeah, we don't need a straight dude teaching Jamie about his LGBTQ history. No, it, it really... Please thank you. That, that, that's the thing, is I've got no issue playing a drag queen. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of straight drag queens. Yeah. However, the point of this song isn't, why is drag important? It's... Learn your LGBTQ Learn history. your LGBTQ history. And yeah. like I say... The bulk of the song comes from Loco, comes from a different actor. Yeah, it's John McRae who was the original Jamie in Sheffield yes. and then went on to play Jamie in the West so End. that makes this song a lot more powerful. He's gorgeous. He is gorgeous. It's a great song. Yeah. But I think the bits when it's Rich D. Grant singing and reflecting on it, it just doesn't feel right yeah Leighton Williams is in this as well and they are in the and you don't even know it dance at the beginning yes. but they also show up as a background dancer in this video yes and we also have the real Jamie Campbell cool in this video as Fifi Latrue as a drag queen in the background of the the shots as well which Fantastic. is great what yeah. a great way to get him involved with this yes but yeah I like the idea that Jamie and Hugo are in the videos. Mm-hmm. Like the small things you get, that that's quite nice. I like the way that it's... Yeah, because they're so engrossed in it, they become involved in yes, it. Yes, yeah. I like the filming of it. It does have a VHS quality to it. Mm-hmm. You have, like, and they're the turning date. the camera around yeah. to look at you and then go back. Yeah. Things like that's that. really, really nice. There are moments that it gets quite confusing. Mm-hmm. I, th- I mean, the, having the date there was really, really important because... I'd said to you... Oh, you had a great moment. I said to you that that is... That's the day Freddie Mercury died. Yep. Just knew. Mm -hmm. You know, and I thought it was really, really nice, really, really important. Yeah. Especially because you see the backdrop of the person in front. However, I got... Kept getting confused because I was thinking, oh, is the person he's he's friends with he's seeing about Freddie Mercury? Is that supposed to be Freddie Mercury? And then you see... it's supposed to be like... Here's what I took from this. His friend, not his partner, it's just one of his friends, yeah. who is dying of AIDS, yeah. emulates and idolises Freddie Mercury. And so he has the little Freddie moustache and everything. And he's wearing the the like white vest Tank top, thing. Yeah. And already at the first instance that we see him in this video, has to use a cane to yes. walk. And then as it goes on, he ends up in a wheelchair and then just is getting more and more sick by the time we see freddie die in the video um his friend is really messed up about it yeah. and then then we see princess diana on her tour of the hospital where she's yes. talking to the men that had aids and shaking hands with them and treating them like they were real people yeah. amazing but i got but confused by that point so i was like one of the guys that she's talking to because this is existing footage really looks like the friend and i wondered if that was the point of it i feel like it was i don't know it got conf- it did get confusing through because i was like are they, is that what they're trying to imply yeah. anyway then they go to hugo's partner 
yeah, Coco Falls coming in very sick, very yeah. quickly, basically, and, and Loco going into the hospital room, mm -hmm. taking the camera off, and we we see the, him for the first time, yeah. yeah, and we see how sick he is, mm -hmm. and it ends with Loco, Loco kissing, kissing the, camera the camera and saying "I love you," yeah, and yeah, it is very very difficult to watch. It feels mm -hmm. like a real eighties tune as well, like it feels like a, a song you'd have heard. Like at the tail end of the 80s, leading us through 91, 92. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very well written song. I think it's a very, very powerful moment. I just wish it came from the right actor. Yeah. And the thing with this song is this really adds to the world of Loco Chanel as a character. Yeah. Because in the song, The Legend of Loco Chanel, we learned that the reason why Loco Chanel stopped performing is because her dress had become too red with the blood of the men around her. And so she one day had to just disappear. Yeah. Whereas actually, based on This Was Me and what we see of Richard E. Grant as Hugo afterwards, where he's holding the flowers and he gets the dress out of the box, actually Loco stopped performing because his partner died. Yeah. And twisting it into that story of like, oh no, and she had to flee into the night, never to be seen again. It's just super interesting. It's very, very uh, like fictional. Yeah. Which is quite nice that these characters you create, these queens you create, should have a story. Mm. And if it had been a member of the LGBTQ community, I'd have been happy. <laughs> yeah. So Jamie doesn't know if he can go through with this because he realises that it isn't just... Carries a lot of weight, yeah. yeah. It isn't just like a fun thing to do. There is a big part of it. But, you know, it, it's not just... He says it really well. It's not just a TV show. It's a revolution. But Pretty talks him into it. Mm -hmm. Hugo will sell Loco's... Dress. Dress. And promises to get Jamie a gig at Legs 11. But it, he has two conditions. First, get a name. Secondly, keep it secret. Cut to mum on a walk, getting advice from Ray, saying you have to tell Jamie the truth. Mm -hmm. Interrupted by a phone call. Get home, run if you have to. And he says he's doing a, sh a drag show and it's going to be like an opening act before he goes to prom yes. in drag. And mum's all on board and says, I've never been prouder. And Jamie's going to work hard to buy the dress, so he's going to work shifts at Mum's, going to keep the paper around, going to work for Ray. Love it. The work ethic of Jamie is amazing. It's yeah. not a, it is not a privileged child gets Mum to yeah, purchase what they want on a whim. Ray even has a line where Ray says, oh, oh are you asking for a handout, Jamie New? And he's like, no, no, not at all. I just need a job. But especially in a, but she says it in a very clearly jokey way. Which is mm. nice. And when we see the clips, it sort of does a cut through with more pop music of well, Jamie working. Before we get to that, we have Jamie saying, I'm going to text Dad and invite him to the show. Yeah, he says, do you think that's a good idea? And Margaret says, well, I'll ask him. Yes. And Jamie says he might actually be proud. So mum can't break his heart at that moment. She says to Ray, who is giving her the evil eye. It's flaky pastry heart. <laughs> And says it wasn't the right moment. And again, do you know what? It really wasn't the right moment. He's on cloud nine right now. Do you yeah, really want to pull him down from that? I completely empathise with her. Yeah, because you don't want to talk him out of doing it. We get another montage with 
an existing pop song. And I hate it. But what we do I get... love the montage, but I just don't like that it's to this song. Mm. What we do get is the woman who runs the news agents is the real Margaret. Cool. It's the That's real nice. Jamie's mum who hands him the money when he's putting away all the drinks and stuff. Yeah, that is very cool. I yeah, like it's cool that they got both of them into this film. Yeah. He funds the dress, basically. I get that we have to show that. But I I'm sure there's a better the way to do it. I remember how they did this in the stage. Yeah, I am sure there is a better way to do it than how this is executed. So we go back to the school and Dean and Miss Hedge are having a conversation about how Dean isn't going to bother with his maths because what's the point? And she talks him into it. And I'm just watching this thinking, are you trying to get me to care about these two characters? Mm. She clearly clearly has gone to bat for Dean way too many times. This is a boy who should have been expelled and she has put her back out for him to keep him there. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, which fair, te- I firmly believe every child needs a champion because some kids don't get that from home and there might be that one teacher that does. And to her credit, she gets Dean to commit to doing her math- his maths exam. Fine. To her credit, that's the one bit I'll give her. Everything just comes across so favouritist towards him. This is the thing. Like, as a teacher, you can want your students to do well and expect them to achieve and to push them when they're not trying, but also hold them responsible for their own actions. Yeah, because you're not just teaching them maths, English, science, geography, history, drama, whatever. You're teaching them how to exist in the world. Yeah, you're teaching them how to function in society, and she is failing in her duty there. So, in the stage show. (laughs) Okay. The dress, he doesn't pay for it. It's just given. No, mum pays for it. And she puts a tag on it with the flowers that's delivered to his dressing room that says, love, dad. See, that should have just happened. Right. That, that, right. Cut this montage. Put the legend of Loco Chanel in. Cut this montage and just have that be that Jamie's going there in. He in, thinks Hugo's going to lend him a dress or something. He goes there in what he wears at the end, and we don't see him wear it. He goes yeah. in his mum's wedding dress. Yeah. And he's happy to do that, but it's Mimi. You've got the difference between Jamie and Mimi there. Mm-hmm. That's what it should have been. Yep. Okay. So, Jamie is hiding in the disabled toilets. He is shouting for Pretty to come because he has an eyebrow emergency. Mm-hmm. And they're hiding in there and they're making a lot of noise. So the teacher is naturally suspicious, which you can't blame her for because... If you can hear a girl and a boy in the bathroom you have together, to deal with it. you are going to go and knock on the door. Even, well, any two students in the bathroom together, you're going to go and be like, what are you doing in there? Exactly. And Jamie's trying to escape out the window. You know, she has to talk I to him. I love pretty funny. Yeah. He's like, we're doing parkour, miss. Pretty says it's art. Again... Jamie, why are you throwing away her opportunities? She is worth so much. She's going to have a future. You don't know what you want to do. You're going to be a performer. That's great. Again, do you know what? It feels like she's favoured towards everyone else but Jamie. Mm. And it is just like prejudice at this point. Yeah. I can't remember what the line she says is, but he rolls his eyes and she's like, oh, what? You've got something to say. And he says, yeah, I've got a future. And because obviously his point is, you're an old lady. <laughs> She's probably Ari. And also in the same but... way, in the stage show, she said her line about hating her job. 
the difference is she's not going anywhere anywhere quickly and he is right also he is a teenager i work in a very nice school yeah but i will still have students who talk to me in that way but they are kids now you don't embarrass them or humiliate them the way she does to him this is evil what she does you especially are... because he then his immediate response is miss please don't make me do this yeah. and it's very serious and very yeah low right you don't you've already hum- seen this kid be have other kids be homophobic towards him yeah. like, she's what? encouraging it i understand what he said was not fair yeah but his brain isn't intact yet so he is a child she is the adult she should know better yeah you know what she does is completely unforgivable the fact she parades him up as this work of art and throws him into the art studio she knows it's an excuse she knows they're lying all she has to say is clean your face up and go but she chooses to mock him mm-hmm. i like this number i think it's a really nice uh villain song I think the colouring is great. The, the fact that he's in colour and everybody else is grey. Yeah. yeah, I think it's very cool. I love that we see a pop art version of her. Yeah, some of the uh, lyrics I have questions about. Yeah, it feels very Madonna as well, this song, I thought. Yeah, I know that that's uh, like a big influence on this. Yes, yeah. but I liked this as a number. It was quite, it wasn't upbeat, but certainly it's very different after we've had three ballads already. Hmm. She has a line, so she says, you're the next phase in feminine. That's not right. Just pretty homophobic on its own. But then she says, just some of these things are super interested. Like, you're a Liechtenstein dot. Okay, I get it. Like, it's art, but you wouldn't think it was. I understand where she's coming from. You're a bed with Tracy Emin in. Because it rhymes your, with feminine. She says something about being Picasso, which also feels like a, your face looks warped and distorted, which feels kind of... Yeah, you're him. a perfect work of art like Picasso. Mona Lisa with a smile to melt your heart. Do you know what? I think... Yoko Ono on vinyl isn't the whole thing. I don't know a whole lot about Yoko Ono, but like, isn't the whole thing with her that like, she ruined the Beatles? Yeah. At the end of the day, I think the only way to view this character is that she is just a massive homophobe you're half a dead cow in a tank yeah and you get the witch of jamie being in half but the insides of him in the halves are unlike the dead cow thing it's all made out of like shiny like tinsel yeah it's weird yeah i i think the only way that you can read this character she's a massive homophobe and a bigot Mm -hmm. and she should be fired she should be fired and there's nothing no other way to read her character. It's not like she just doesn't understand. She is just homophobic. And I don't think that's what they're going for necessarily. But that is how she comes across. We get a cameo. Mm-hmm. As the art teacher. We do. It's Bianca Del Rio. It certainly is. She's Miss Haylock, the school teacher, yep. which is Bianca Del Rio's real name. Cool. His surname is Haylock. It's very, very cool. Yeah. And Jamie, in a moment of back up against the wall, tells everyone about the show. Yeah, Dean says, God, look at you, you're wearing makeup. What are you going to do next? Come to prom in a dress. 
and says something about like, oh, what are you, a boy in a dress? And Jamie's like, no, I'm a drag queen. And it's fight or flight. Mm-hmm. This is the thing. Everything that happens with the whole rise of Mimi is because of the way people treat Jamie. Yeah. And because people put him in a corner. Yeah, because we do get a thing later on where they they talk about how Mimi says things that upset people sometimes. Yeah. And it's purely because it's just a trauma instinct yeah. for Jamie to lash out. And that, like, but Jamie as a person is a nice person. Yeah. I like Jamie taking over the song. I think the choreography is incredible. And I love the different colours, schemes for it. Mm-hmm. it. But again, it feels very much like Jamie's putting on a show. It's like, I'm not really faced by this. Mm-hmm. So we go to uh, the social club. Dean and his gang show up. And I do like that we have the backstage gossip, that we see a few queens. It's a shame that they never get padded out as characters. Hmm. or anything but you know i quite like that and then yeah loco is back surely that should be a bigger deal loco is just back is doing drag again after giving everything up why Hmm. or or has this version of loco never given it up no this version of loco has it it comes supposed to be a big deal it does come out of nowhere jamie tells loco how he messed up i really like the honesty again jamie is a nice character it's a flawed character but it's honest Mm -hmm. i like that jamie owns up and i like the sense of community you get that all these queens help jamie get ready yeah there's no sign of like oh we're intimidated by the young meat let's you know (laughs) sabotage them it's a come here let us help you Mm -hmm. and that's really wholesome you know, the most support Jamie has got is within this community. Yeah. Certainly more than Jamie is getting in his education. Let me get over the top. Uh, Mum shows up with flowers, but claims they're from his dad, which is just... <sighs> she doesn't help herself. That's the problem. Yeah. Because she doesn't have to do these things. She could just let Jamie start to realise that dad doesn't want to be part, but she makes it worse. It's almost like she hopes dad will come around. She's deluded herself into believing that things will work themselves out. But again, she's doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And Jamie has come up with a name. Jamie looks phenomenal in Loco's dress. Oh, and Loco's makeup and the wig. I love the wig. Everything looks great. And Jamie says that it all wants to be about me. Yes. The the actual line... Maybe I missed this because I'm looking at the plot for the film. Yeah. But apparently the line is... Well, it's all about me, me, me. And <laughs> so we get the me, me, We me. didn't get the me, me, me. No, he definitely just said me once. So yes. maybe this is just copied over from the so That's why I wondered where the whole me was coming from. You know, like, why was that enough to prompt this spark of genius? No, it's, it's like Jamie says it's all about me. And then, like, he throws his arms out and he's like, me, me, me. Yeah. And, like, makes a big deal of it. And then uh, Loco is like, nice. And, but <laughs> me, me, me is a great drag name. It's a great drag name. So, yes. Do you Loco. know what the other drag queens are called? You told me, but I've already forgotten them. So we have two drag queens who have their own drag names in real life. 
So we have Son of a Tutu playing Sandra Bullock. Cool. Great drag name. And then Anaphylactic as Trey Sophisticate. That's a nice one. Yep. And then Myra Dubois. Yeah. Whose uh, real performer name is Gareth Joyner. Cool. I think mine would be open for business, but like F apostrophe. Uh, F apostrophe business, yeah. yeah. I don't know what mine would be. <laughs> That's just me coming up on the spot, but... I don't know a whole lot about drag, queen, drag kings, but I feel like it'd be a good one. Yeah. We said Pretty made it in the end, despite the fact that, you know, it was, was at home for a vision because mm-hmm. Jamie has selfishly kind of said, well, you've got to be there for me. Yeah. Again, it's more that Pretty's got her own issues, but has to drop everything. But also, we have Dean and his gang there. Mm-hmm. And they heckle, but are immediately kicked out. And Jamie's a pro. Does a great job, I think, for a debut show. Yeah. There's some weird lines that Rich D. Grant sings during this like drag show number. Mm-hmm. I like that you've had your war paint done. I like that as an idea, that now you're ready to go out for battle. Yeah. But we also get, now you're a man, my son. Which is referencing a Kipling poem. Fine. But it feels weird coming from Loco, who hasn't been painted enough to be this father figure character. And maybe there's more in the stage show that would make that line work. But that should have maybe come from mum singing it, considering... What, in Over the Top? Yeah, considering... That we're going to get my man, my son. Or, you, you know the song later on. Yeah. Maybe mum should sing that line. It just feels weird. But this is a great way to introduce me, me, me. Mm-hmm. And I guess would be the end of Act 1. Yes, the this reveal is the end of, of Act yeah. 1. And we, we start up with everybody's talking about Jamie. Now, I really like the choreography for this as a song... But I feel like it was really lacking. And I don't like the lyrics for it. I don't feel like it had enough to it. And the version that's in the film, ironically, feels like a bad lip sync. Yeah. Because the characters aren't always fully focused. Hmm. You know? Yeah. And I don't... They're all phenomenal singers and the choreography is great. But sometimes you just... You can tell it's a lip sync. Yeah, there are certain bits where they're not... It's like not even half a second out. Yeah. It's like milliseconds. But it's noticeable. But it's just not enough. And considering some of the lyrics, you know. And it's a quick song. Yeah. Is it supposed to be this quick in the stage show? Yeah, yeah, it's the same. But obviously they're singing it live in the stage show. Yeah, it just, it felt, and this is one that was hopeful because it's obviously the titular song. And I've Mm -hmm. heard bits of it before, but I was quite surprised at how short it was. Yeah, it's a lot longer in the station. But I I like that they're all high school kids. Yeah, I like that there are some very clearly some year sevens in here. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're little ones. I like that they are all kids. Yeah. And Jamie has come in as me, me, me. Now, not in the same dress, but has the glasses. Has a Bridget Jones-esque uh, bandana. Yeah, it's very Gone with the Wind. Yes. Yeah. Hair wrap thing. Goes into class and... His blue eyeliner and those big old eyelashes that have like feathers on the ends of them. Which look great. Yeah. And Miss Hedge says, go take it off right away. It's against uniform policy, which is the bane of my life. And Jamie says, no, it's not. 
And he's right. Because he's read, nowhere in he's the checked. policy for boys does it say against this, which is a very, very good, accurate point. And that's what you get for having a gendered uniform policy. Yes. Um, I understand why we have uniforms. Eddie. The gender attachment to it is completely arbitrary. Yes, yeah. The, the, it's stupid. The gendered side to it is where I draw the line. Mm. But I understand the idea that schools have to have a uniform policy. Yeah, but yeah. there's nothing stopping boys from coming in wearing the girls' girls' yeah. quotation mark uniform. If you want to wear a skirt to school, wear a skirt. Yeah. So because you got tights on or socks. Here's please. what I find really interesting. This is what really also is like a weird. You're only going to notice this if you're a teacher. Mm. She abandons her class to take Jamie to the head teacher's office. I and know, goes right? Into, no one's looking after these kids at this point. Yeah. That's a massive safeguarding risk. Was it tutor time? Why can't she just go and get somebody from next door? Why can't like, she hey. call on call? Yeah. Right? What? Well, she... Right. There is... Right, so... She wants to be the head, right? <laughs> yeah, this is like the, 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 the teacher from Anna and the Apocalypse. Hmm. But she, she's, she's got aspirations. But that's the sort of thing that... Would get you in so much trouble. Yeah, because it's like you left your class... Anything could have happened to those teenagers whilst you were there. And their year 11s were already a little bit disillusioned. And they're and you, ready to leave. We're like a week away from the prom. Yeah, you left, they're going to go back into that room. The display is going to be destroyed. The whiteboard's going to be on the floor. There's going to be graffiti everywhere. Oh my God. I was thinking about that when we were looking at their classroom as well. How boring with the wall displays in all how of these rooms. How boring does the whole school look? Like, you look at the canteen. Like this I did makes... think it really looks like a real school. They did a good job making the, it look okay. like an actual school. In the canteen but... bit, when they're singing for everyone talking about Jamie, that bit looks really bland. However, there are some nice, like, respect banners and achievement banners. Cool. It looks more like a school than mm-hmm. high school musical. But... The other thing, you know when... In work of art, where she takes him to Bianca Del Rio's art classroom, what kind of funding is that classroom getting? Yeah. Like, they have some top-tier art equipment in that right. room. But again, really boring corridors going into that one. Yeah. But maybe that's because they're supposed to represent museum corridors. So whilst she has gone in to speak to head teacher, Jamie is sat, and Dean, again... Dean has left tutor. Yeah. Because she's abandoned the room. Mm -hmm. Dean should be in there. Yeah. But Dean is in a position to come and abuse him. And And Jamie gets all the blame for it. Jamie stands up, defends himself. Now, I don't agree with the kissing thing. It works. It works, but I don't agree with it because, you know, it it's assault. It's another one in the stage show that's done differently and i could show you a clip a bit but i didn't like it it was a choice from jamie i didn't like yeah and that's fine it's really nice to have a flawed a main gay character who has flaws yeah but isn't evil. oh yeah but this is the thing is how and often he's a do kid we... yeah right it's almost like we we paint our gay protagonists like they could not put a toe out of place yeah you either have to be an angel or you're the devil right and actually no humans i like the shades of gray with jamie yeah i think it's very cool i don't like that he kisses dean however there's a part of me that that likes seeing dean put down of course because he's a horrible person and yet somehow jamie's still the one yeah jamie still gets the blame for it because she has a favorite because she she loves her precious dean who's no longer going to go to prom now because Jamie's going to go in a dress. Dean should be nowhere near prom. He shouldn't be entitled to go. Prom is not 
a right, it's a privilege, and Dean clearly doesn't care if he's going to skip his maths exam. She's going out of her way to give this boy preferential treatment and is failing him. Yeah. Dean sucks. She sucks. Do you know what, though? If if she'd have been like, you're going to have an in-school suspension for this, like, the because you've just attacked a student outside the head teacher's office, in-school suspension, therefore you have to do your exam. Yeah. That's clever. You got what you wanted out of it, and he's in trouble. Yeah. But there's none of that. It's just But why does he deserve to go to prom? No, he doesn't deserve to go to prom. But so stupid. she uses this as, you know, fuel to fund her hate campaign against Jamie. Mm-hmm. No, you are not allowed to go in a dress because you are making this event all about you when it's everyone's event and people don't want to go to prom now because of you. Yeah, the homophobe doesn't want to go to prom. I think we'll cope. Thank you very sure much. Live. But also, right, so we have Becca and Bex... One of which is a black girl. Yeah. Then we have Pretty, who Dean harasses constantly already. Yeah. And calls her it because she's Muslim. And, the, like, he must be also being racist towards one of the Bexes. Oh, God. Yeah. And we see that the prom queen later on... Is a girl who is also wearing a hijab. Yeah. Like... Oh... <laughs> Why does this Dean is a very have... diverse school. Yeah, so why does Dean have any kind of power? Why does anybody like him? Yeah. Because one of his friends in his little group, multiple of his friends, one of his friends is a black guy and one of his friends is an Asian kid, and why are they hanging out with him? Yeah, maybe he's just a really good football player. But not even that. We don't even see him do that. No, we don't. There is nothing to understand why he's still here. Mm. Um, I really like, again... Jamie's mum comes in and is defending and saying, you know, because she makes Miss Hedge feel uncomfortable and Miss Hedge has to deal with her own homophobia, which is what I don't think it's appropriate. Yeah. And I don't feel comfortable saying this. And Jamie's mum says, I want to know what my son is being called. Mm-hmm. And if you're not comfortable saying it, that says to me, yeah. there's a problem and you're not dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And eventually Jamie reveals he's being called disgusting. So... We are, we now cut to uh, Pretty's bedroom, and this is where I feel like the big one of the biggest issues with Jamie and Pretty's relationship, and with Jamie is because he comes across so selfish because he doesn't think about his behaviour and the impact it has on her. Mm. I like that again that it's nice to have this character be a little bit flawed. It's yeah. all about me, 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 mm-hmm. and I like that Pretty is now almost like oh no, I've created a monster. I wanted you to go as Jamie. In a dress. Yeah. But I didn't want you to go as me, me, me. Mm-hmm. And I like this. But again, there's there's very little consideration for what pretty needs. Yeah. Which is, you know, heartbreaking for this lovely girl. But a, a good kind of arc for them. We get the song It Means Beautiful. We get more Tiny Jamie. And we learn that his dad called him disgusting when... His dad saw him trying on his mum's wedding dress and putting on makeup, mm-hmm. which is why that word triggers him as much as it does, understandably so, because yeah. you can call me all these homophobic slurs. That's fine because it's not an insult. Mm-hmm. But you're calling me this word and that's not okay. And I like that that's the word that has his power over Jamie. It's a horrible thing, but I like that that is... That is what upsets him so much because it's so personal. 
And he says to Pretty that Dad still isn't getting in contact. He can't go around there because he's scared. And Pretty says, but you've got to do it because what scares yeah. us makes us stronger and he's your dad. Mm-hmm. And it's it's great dramatic irony because we know something they don't know and we know it's going to be horrible and heartbreaking. Yeah. <sighs> this is our first of four slow songs in a row and this is where I noticed the drag in the storytelling Mm. Jamie says Pretty is the best friend anyone could ever have gives her a little kiss I feel like when she does her reprise of It Means Beautiful are they hinting that she's into Jamie? I think it's more that because in the reprise version the lyrics are slightly different because instead of singing about how it means it's like something powerful that you have inside yourself that you show to the yeah. world and you have to choose when to reveal it. She's now singing about a different kind of power that she has internally. Yeah. So I think it's her singing about herself and how Jamie doesn't notice Possibly. that she's also having her own problems. It just, because he gives a little kiss on the cheek, really, really like intimately. Mm. Like first time we've seen that, it feels very notable. And it's the way she reacts. It's like, huh. Well, so- also... Pretty wears a hijab for this entire movie. Yeah. And in this scene, because she was alone in her bedroom, the hijab that she's wearing doesn't cover her hair anymore. Yeah. And then slightly later on, there's a clip where they're getting ready for prom, where she's in the room with her mom and her mom's helping her brush her hair. And it's these two scenes in the film where for the rest of the movie, she's wearing her hijab, she's got her hair covered... We're never hinted at that she's not okay with that. Yeah. So this is something that she's happy to do. Fine. And it just, I I spent that entire scene just watching it. Like, I feel really weird that I can see her hair right now. Because she's got a... A guy in her room. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's Jamie. He's her best friend. She's obviously comfortable with it or she would have covered her hair. But at the same time, this was made by filmmakers who are... Not Muslim. Yeah. So, and maybe didn't think through the connotations. Yeah. It definitely feels like there's a lot more to Pretty's story that we are not allowed to be aware of because mm. it's Jamie's story. But it just, I wasn't sure on the intent behind this. Jamie is about to learn the truth. He goes to his dad mm-hmm. and says, thanks for the flowers. Dad's like, what do you mean flowers? What show? And uh, his dad's the worst because his dad says, I'm done. I'm having a son. I will finally have what I want. Yeah. And. Well, I have lots to say about how this happens compared to the stage show. Okay. Because as usual, there's a football scene in this and I didn't need it. We've talked about it when we did Bedknobs and Broomsticks the first time. I'm sure we'll talk about it when we watch Bedknobs and Broomsticks next week. But why was there a football scene in this? I quite liked that. It's not in the stage show. I quite liked it. um i i so so jamie goes home and has a lot of venom because dad says did your mom not tell you about our conversation i've not done any of this i told her that i don't want to be your dad anymore yeah and he specifically says to him you are not a real boy yes and jamie goes home the lighting is great and you see the this look of anger on jamie's face and the venom he lets out towards his mom now obviously 
Jamie doesn't mean anything he is saying, but he needs to let this out. He needs mm-hmm. to let the anger out. And all he has got is his mum. And I firmly believe that when we argue with the people we love, you we know exactly where to poke. But you yeah. also know that you can say things, but they love you and it will be okay. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make it right, but at least Jamie will show remorse for this later on. So earlier when Margaret went to see Jamie's dad, there's a song there that was cut okay. where she sings and it's called If I Met Myself Again. I would, yeah. And it's about would she make the same choices and eventually she comes to the decision that yes, she would because Jamie yeah. is what she got out of it, which is very nice. But we get all the... Uh... Well, they, so there's loads of stuff that's been cut here, right? Loads and loads of stuff from Act 2 because we're in Act 2 now. Yes. But... Jamie's dad obviously reveals he doesn't know any of it. He calls Jamie disgusting again. Yeah. And he tells Jamie he didn't pay for the dress or the flowers. Jamie figures out that it was all his mum in a song called Ugly in This Ugly World. Yes. Which is basically him undoing everything that Pretty's just said to him. Which is sad. Nice, yeah. Nice to follow beautiful versus ugly. Then they have the argument... And she sings, He's My Boy. Yeah. Which the song is gorgeous. Yeah. But God, there's a lot of ballads in this it, It's the pacing. Yeah, the yeah. pacing. Yeah, I think the cinematography during this song is great. And it's really nice to have a lot of the ballads so far have been shots of the person singing and then cutting to flashbacks yeah. so that we don't have to just stare at them. But it was nice to yeah, just like, watch her sing this song. But also just the moment you have Jamie like staring outwards in like the tilted screen. Mm-hmm. Jamie goes into a store, steals... He steals makeup, a bottle of cider, yeah. and like one of those plastic, yeah. flimsy plastic cider bottles, yeah. and then he, he takes off. Yeah, so I didn't know what the first thing he stole was, and I thought it was pills. I thought, like, oh God, are we going to have a... No. Which, you know, thank God we didn't get that. But yes, Jamie... So here's where we divert yeah. from the stage. Plot. I liked this because it felt very Jamie's really gone too far into me 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 has let that side control him too much and has become very very toxic Mm. because jamie doesn't understand what's happening Mm -hmm. and this is his way of dealing so i like the fact that he dresses up in the football kit stuff i like that he invades the pitch and is like mocking his dad but almost Mm -hmm. like it is a desperate cry for attention it's a son being like i want you to come come and be my dad please like, this is a cry for attention, this is a cry for help, and he's it's his last-ditch attempt to get this man in his life, mm-hmm. and he's doing it the only way he can, and he's hoping that if he shows him what me, me, me could be, Dad will come around. Yeah. And it doesn't go that way. And this is the last time we see Dad. Dad does enough to stop Jamie getting beaten, and that's it. It's almost like, right, that's the last thing I do for you, and off he goes. In the stage show, the last time we see Jamie's dad is he calls Jamie disgusting and leaves. Yeah. And that's it. And it's supposed to reprise what he did to Jamie when Jamie was a kid. And then he gets drunk. And as he is wandering around the town drunk, he gets to a bus station and he sings a reprise of And You Don't Even Know It. And while he's there... Three men come up to him and are shouting homophobic things at him and they beat him up and Hugo rescues him. 
um, because it's like near his shop or he sees him or whatever. And he doesn't patch him up or anything because I thought that was weird in this yeah. version. So Hugo doesn't patch him up. He basically just comes over, tells the guys to go home, says to Jamie, I'm taking you back to your mum's house, takes him home and is like, hey, you should go apologise to your mum. And then Margaret is the one that patches him up. Because weirdly in this version, Hugo patches him up and then when he gets home, Margaret also patches him up. And it have it's just the same sequence twice. I... Prefer, I can see why you would prefer the film I version. prefer this. I don't... It's I, nice to have that finality of the dad being like, look, I did my bit, you didn't but, get beaten up, see you later. Right, no, but it's not even the finality. It makes it worse, the fact that his dad would do that. Mm. Yes, you could possibly have the dad say something, like, disgusting as he goes off. Do you really want to see Rich D. Grant, a straight man, stop? No, it was bad enough as it was, but I like but, it generally i don't think that works with what they've done with this film yeah but the whole point is that found family is more important than blood but i also don't think we've had enough of hugo in this to actually care about him that's true this is a glorified cameo from richard e grant really mm. i don't think there's enough considering how Which much again it... why wouldn't you cast paula grady but I, d I just don't feel like there's enough well because how many people in america know paula grady that's true i don't think there is enough from hugo for that to matter yeah that's fair i don't feel like the found family stuff is actually that big a plot in this mm. because the only family member it really feels like it, that matters is pretty who's grown up with basically family at this point and his mum mm. no one else seems significant to jamie well ray and that she goes to the school with them oh yeah and ray but you know what i mean like yeah <laughs> anyway we get into I like, my man, your boy, which well, is nice. Before we do, I like the bit when he's getting patched up and Jamie says, I don't know who I am. And Richard E. Grant says, you're 16. Of course you don't. You're still cooking. I think, yeah, I like that. I like that Same. line. I think that as a sequence worked really, really well because Jamie is falling out with mum. Dad's disowned him now, has nowhere else to go. Drunkenly thinks, right, I'm going to go to this place. Mm-hmm. Hugo takes pity, does enough, I think, and it gives Hugo a chance to be like, maybe I wasn't as good when I was being loco, and that's why I gave it up, because I, I hid from the problem instead of nursed people. Yeah. This gives Hugo a chance to nurse, not in the same way, obviously, but enough to kind of close that, that kind of chapter. Mm -hmm. Not fully, you're never going to close a chapter like that, but enough to feel like I have made my difference now. Yeah. As opposed to hide from it. And I'm sure there is a pep talk in there. Uh, other than, of course you don't know what you're doing, you're still cooking. I'm sure there is more that we don't see where it's like, now go and face up to your, your mistakes and be honest. Yeah. So, yeah, Mum and Jamie have their honest talk. I really like the bit where Mum is fixing him up and he says, oh, I bet you wish you'd had a normal son. She, I think she says... I wonder why I ever got with your dad. And Jamie says, oh, you'd probably have a normal son. And she says, what's normal? This is normal for you. Mm -hmm. She's just like, don't compare yourself. Don't have a, you are normal. Because this mm -hmm. is who you are. I think that's such a great line. Mm -hmm. And we get my man, your boy. But yeah, this, as beautiful as this song is, this is where I was like, right, four ballads. I'm kind of done at this point. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame because this is a beautiful song, but 
the flow and the pacing is off. Like we should have had a big angry number in the middle. Yeah. Which maybe the reprise of don't even know it is. Mm-hmm. But it's a really nice number. It is a really nice number. It's just the pacing is off. Yep. So the teens start preparing for prom with more non-musical sounds. Right. So we should get in the space of the next couple of minutes, we should have the prom song, the finale, and then out of the darkness. Whereas we get out of the darkness. Yeah. I really dislike this is our third instance of just background music in a musical. Yeah, because you actually turned to me and were like, what's this song? And I was like, it's not a song. Yeah, it sounds like it should be, but it's it just it's frustrating. Mm. Like, come on, do better. Because this, you know, you've got a really nice thing here of everyone getting ready. Have a prom tonight, do, 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 mm. do, do, do. Just something for them to get ready to, as yeah. opposed to teen movie trope. Uh, I don't know why they try so hard to make us like Dean, because we show him getting ready with clearly his alcoholic dad just passed out. Yeah, you can't chuck this in now after he's been racist and homophobic for the rest of this movie. Especially because nothing actually happens. You just see a blurred background and we're led to assume, oh, there's somebody really nasty there. Right, and as adults in the world, we understand that when people act this way, it's from either a lack of education... Or something horrible going on in their lives. However, that doesn't mean he shouldn't be punished for it. No. Like, he needs to be educated, which is not Jamie or Pretty's job. No. It's Miss Hedge's job. And in the same way, he's obviously in this horrible environment. If he doesn't get his results, he is doomed to stay in there forever. And you know, I can understand why she would say, you've got to do your maths. Yeah. But, but we... It doesn't matter to us. We spend this whole movie in Jamie's head. And he gets away consequence free. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a teacher who, yes, okay, you've done this wrong, but we still need to sanction. No, every, he gets away with everything. And mm-hmm. it just, the pair of them are nasty. And yep. why would you throw this in here? It doesn't even matter. It just does. It just really doesn't matter at all, does it? It's no. ridiculous. We get to prom. And pretty is again humiliated. Like everyone comes out and they're all really nice. You know, you get some of the girls who are like teenage girl comments where they're like, Oh, her dress is ugly. Oh, your dress looks great. But then they see pretty. Yeah, this girl in the white dress who we've never seen before. Yeah. Who's <laughs> the two Beckers get out of the car and as they're getting out, they're like, Oh my god, look at what she's wearing. Oh my god, we love what you're wearing. Yeah, but they are very genuine pretty going, Oh my god, you look amazing. And everyone's like, like pretty wearing makeup, and it feels like really teenager genuine as well. Yeah, it, it is that it's prom. We're never going to see you again, and you know what? I'm going to miss you. We're finally facing up to the fact that this is the end. Yeah, is that how you felt at your prom? I didn't care. I was ready to go, but you, you you get that vibe, and you you see it when you go to proms as a teacher. You see kids finally like. You know, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't get to know you better. I'm so sorry. And you do mm. get these ones. And Dean tries to be a little pretty. And he continues with how he's always been. And pretty stands up to Dean. She destroys him. I think she puts him in his place. And it's all incredibly true. Where she's like, you are a big fish, you know, in this pond. You won't be. This is it. After tonight, 
because yeah. you will have nothing. You have wasted your time. I will go and I will be a doctor and you will achieve nothing. Yeah, she says so, to him he has five hours left yeah. before she gets to be the re- live the rest of her life and he get, doesn't get to do anything. I loved that. I thought that was so good. Like <laughs> His comeback for that, because she's right, yeah. but his comeback is like, oh, whatever, you couldn't even get a prom date. And she's like, I do have a prom date. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Where's his date? But the fact is that everyone's filming this as well. Yeah. Because that's going on. And the guy that then goes on to win Prom King is like, dude, she wrecked you. But this is it. They clearly don't like him. They've been waiting for it. Do you know what? They've put up with him because they're scared of him. Somebody had to do it. And it's so... I mean, this is it. I don't... You'd never wish that life on anyone. No. But everything she said is spot on and true. And he's been allowed to get to this point. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's not wrong. And I, I like the honesty. And yes, Jamie shows up and looks amazing. Jamie is in mum's wedding dress. Yeah, which Jamie is so nice. is a boy in a dress. Jamie is not a drag queen. Yeah, he hasn't come as me, me, me. He's come as himself in a dress. And I love that. I think that's great. Yeah, Jamie shows up as Jamie New. Mm-hmm. And is in his mum's wedding dress, which is great because that's what we've seen him kind of dressing in previously yeah as a kid in the flashback but yeah this is what like jamie should have shown up to do legs 11 in that dress mm-hmm. and then been thrown a spanner but this is what always should have been yeah. what was going on and i think it's great and yeah everyone is amazed everyone thinks jamie looks great there's one weird line from a boy I didn't like. It's the same boy who's filming, goes on to be prom king, and is like, oh, she wrecked you. He says, if I didn't know better, you'd pass, or something like oh, that. He says, oh, yeah, if I didn't know, I'd totally bang it. Or right? I'd totally do him. It comes Something across... like that, and it's like, oh, that's, like, homophobic. Well, it doesn't... It's not even necessarily homophobic. It's... Slightly transphobic. Yeah. But obviously I, Jamie's not trans. No, so I know it. Just I know falls it into homophobia, but Yeah, like... but it feels very much like, oh, it's like you pass and it just doesn't it's an icky oh, really icky. He says, Oh yeah, if I didn't know better, I would. Yeah. And it's like, okay, good for you. It that's what it just feels down, really, man. really icky and unnecessary for this unnamed character that we've seen say one line like, Oh, she totally wrecked you. Yeah, really you could can't have, done have without him that. be on pretty side and then say something like that yeah. where we as an informed audience are like, huh? Yeah, I could have done without that. That was that was not a nice line. Yeah. But Jamie goes to go into prom. Pretty is his date. And of course, Miss Hedge... He doesn't even Hedge, go to walk in. Miss yeah. Hedge just like arrives and is like, I told you already you're not coming in. You're not... She actually says the line, you are not welcome yeah. at prom. And Jamie says, but you told me to come as the real me. I'm not me, me, me. I'm I'm Jamie New. Yeah. I listened to you. I followed your advice. I, I found who I was. And I've done exactly what you asked of me. Mm-hmm. And she says, stop making this about you. You are ruining this event for everyone else. Now go. And everyone else says, we're not going in. We want Jamie here. Yeah. And she says to them, the doors are open. You will need to go in now. And then... Pretty's like, no. Pretty swears. (laughs) And everyone's like, 
pretty. Oh my god, yeah, one of the Beckers is like, pretty, you just dropped the F-bomb. Which I think is great, like, it's a proper, like, yeah, and everyone refuses to go in, and they're like, no, we are not going in. Yeah, they all chant Jamie's name until Miss Hedge finally just is like, okay, fine, you can go in. Right, but this is the thing, she relents, it's not that she learns, it's not that she grows, she's like, fine, go in then. Yeah, she's probably thinking, God, I'll be in so much trouble if the kids refuse to go yeah. to prom. She should have apologised, or she should have, or, or the head teacher should have come out and said, we need to talk about this. Mm. Something needs to happen. She gets away through all of this narrative scot-free, and it's atrocious. She, it, like, the only thing, and it doesn't redeem it, but the only thing they try to do to act like there's nothing wrong is she says, nice shoes, Jamie. Yeah, because he says it to her. She says it first. Mm. That doesn't make anything okay. It it doesn't forgive this. Yeah. It's not a redemption. It's awful. And I hate it. And she gets away with everything. Mm. Jamie tries to get Dean in because Dean is standing at the side. Obviously had his comeuppance put in his place. I mean, it's not comeuppance, but is put in his place. Yeah. And has become a social pariah because everyone has said their true feelings towards him. Mm. And he doesn't deserve the sympathy that Jamie offers. But to his credit, he would at least go in being led by Jamie, being Jamie's date. Yeah. And then says sorry to Pretty. And I will accept that. Mm-hmm. This character at least apologises. Now, it doesn't make him a good person. It doesn't undo everything. Yeah. But you can appreciate why these teenagers would forgive him in this moment because he apologises. That's why he deserves more redemption than the teacher. A, he is a child as well. Mm-hmm. B, he apologises. Now, I'm not saying everything he does is okay. I still dislike him. Yeah. But why does the adult not apologise? Why does the adult not get more more consequences for this why is she not in trouble at work because i I the head teacher should have come out and said something yeah well i read the uh the article that the real jamie did where he was talking about how this got turned into a musical because one of the things he talks about is he went to prom in drag it wasn't him wanting to wear a dress to go to prom yeah he wanted to go as his drag persona and he did. He wore a wig and makeup and a dress. And like when he was trying to buy his dress, all of the prom dress shops, nobody would let him try on dresses yeah. because they, he was a boy. Yeah. And so eventually he ordered one and he went to prom. And the reason why they filmed it and it became a documentary is because they thought about for his safety, his family decided, well, why don't we film it? Yeah. I watched we have the documentary. It all on yeah. camera. And he never even thought he was going to get into prom. Yeah. The fact that they let him in was purely because he managed to get media backing. Yeah. And so the fact that they changed it for this one, this is so much lighter. He does what she asks. He. Well, I guess they have to. They can't go with the BBC. Like. Saves the day. <laughs> saves the day. Yeah. But like, this is lighter. He could have just showed up in drag. He yeah. have done whatever he wanted. His friends. And the others at school were backing him anyway. Yeah, something needed to happen to Miss Hedge. Um, 
the head teacher, absent head teacher, needed to come and make a big deal of it. Like he needed to come out and see that the kids are refusing to come in, and he should have been like, "Of course you can come in, Jamie. You look amazing." Yeah, something. In you come, and she should have been like, "Why?" And he said, "We'll have a conversation Monday." Yeah, that's what needed to happen. Like you don't need to see her get fired because that's it's too filmic, mm. you know. I love the reaction that mum offers to the selfie. I think it's great. Like she's, but you can see she's so anxious for any news. Oh, but they're waiting and yeah. the phone pings and then and they you, wrestle for it. It's so cute. And you just feel her relief at that moment. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And yeah, we're going to the finale. It's an okay kind of finale. I don't think it's got any weight to it. Yeah. So this song is actually called only dreams or something like oh no out of the darkness yeah. brackets a place where we belong it's fine i will say this credit that nameless characters become prom king and queen that it's not oh same not a hollywood ending of pretty and jamie yeah <laughs> like i wouldn't have liked that and thank goodness it wasn't dean yeah i wouldn't have liked that it just it, just see a prom king and queen in the background and that's it yeah so here's the Again, a difference. And a weird thing, I'm sure. Usually a weird thing. So the finale in the stage show is everything from Pretty arriving at prom until Dean walking into the prom with him. Yeah. And then as an encore, the cast come back out of the prom doors and they all sing Out of the Darkness, a place where we belong. Whereas this... Because the finale doesn't have any singing in the film, this is the finale. Yes. And it's just, it's a nice encore song. We can all jump up and down and sing and yeah, we all belong here. This is great. But that's not the finale song here. The finale should be Jamie got to go to prom, triumph. Yeah, and it doesn't. And then we get like a weird transition suddenly from him standing to him in a limo with Pretty down his street with confetti. Oh, yeah, that was real confusing. And like, I was like, are we at Pride now? What's happening? Right. Because then it showed Hugo and the and two of the drag queens stood on a balcony, like, throwing confetti and waving at him. And I was like, oh, it is prom. They're on a float. Yeah. And then, no, they were just at the side of a building. So it was, I was very, like, very what weird. Yeah, right I didn't like it. And Dean was there. Yeah. And Miss Hedge was there. And they were all happy. <laughs> and you were there. And you were there. Right. It's not <laughs> what a is good going on? ending. Why was that... Why did that happen? But, you know, what I do like is that over the credits, we see mm. stills and clips from the actual documentary. Yeah. And I think that's cool. Mm. Like, what a way to show where it came from. Like, you know, on Twitter, we get the how it started, how it's going. Yeah. And it's quite nice. What is your best song? My best song is Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Really? Yeah. <laughs> My best song is uh, Don't Even Know It. Mm. My It would be that one because I love that song. But they cut the middle bit, yeah. and I like that. So everybody's talking about Jamie's great, and I just love the them all singing really fast, and then being like, "Pass it on," and then and the fact that you can't sing it without the accent. I think the issue is, Rich set a fire, and he burned down the house. Did this song better? This came first. It doesn't matter for me. <laughs> the phone hour. Yeah, it is just the telephone hour. Yeah, that came first for me, and that did this better. Yeah, I, I think everyone's talking about Jamie is great. The smartphone hour is based on the telephone hour from no, Bye I Bye know, Birdie. I know, I know. But I think in terms of watching it recently, that did it better. Mm. But everyone's talking about Jamie is great. I just think this version of it was slightly off. Yeah. 
my skip song is It Means Beautiful Reprise, but I could skip the majority of the second act. I agree. I am surprised at the songs in this. I thought they were going to be far more upbeat. Mm-hmm. When I think about it, the only upbeat songs are... Don't even know don't it, even kind know of. It. And then you have the art one. Work that, of art. Work of art. And then Which you, is horrible because she's just abusing yeah. him in school. And then you have... In this version, certainly, everybody's talking about Jamie. That's it. Those are your three upbeat songs. Mm-hmm. And then Out of the Darkness is upbeat, but it's after yeah. one, two, three, four, five, five ballads. Right. So I'm By which really, point, I don't want to dance anymore. I really, want to cry. really weird with the uh, pacing. pacing of this. And I'm not impressed with the songs in this. And I'm sure on stage they work, but here it's just the pacing is noticeably weirder. Mm-hmm. And you needed more to break it up, as opposed to upbeat ballad, 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 upbeat, upbeat, ballad, ballad, ballad. Mm-hmm. Weird. But what's your skip song? Probably Spotlight. Yeah, that's fair. I feel really because it happened in exactly the wrong place for me. I feel bad for Pretty because She's phenomenally, phenomenally talented. talented, but songs are just. Some of the week are not in the right place. Yeah, Lauren Patel, who plays Pretty, is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. She's so great. Yeah. Her singing is lovely. It yeah. just, at the point at which we got to Spotlight, I already, this was probably my skip song for the stage show too. Yeah. But by this point, I was like, I know that Loka Chanel doesn't follow this. Yeah. <laughs> so which I'm would sad. be, but actually would also make that song seem better because. It's not one in the middle of ballads. Yeah. This is the thing. I liked This Was Me, mostly because the vast majority oh, of it is sung by Holly Johnson. It's actually a pretty... Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yes. And not Richard E. Grant. But it's a, it's a good song. It's good, but it should have been... It could have been better by yeah, having... Leave this one in. Put Logan yeah. Chanel afterwards. I'm happy. Um, Who's your MVP? I mean, it's going to have to be Max Harwood. Yeah, Jamie, 100% yeah. is fantastic. Really, really carries this mm-hmm. amazingly. There's some real, like, you get the bravado, but you get the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And it, and you get the venom as well, like, phenomenal. And it does make me want to see the stage show a lot. Yeah. I like the story. I like I like this. Does I know it doesn't really sound like I enjoy this, but I have really enjoyed this. Mm. Also, on the topic of MVPs... Shout out to Sharon Horgan yeah. for making me hate her. Oh, right. <laughs> because, like, Yes, yeah, yeah. We've talked a lot about that character. Miss that, Hedge, jeez. I tell you what, I think Miss Hedge being so hateful comes down to the performance as well. Yeah. Um, there's no one I can play, really. Yeah. There's no one I can play. I don't want to be Dean. I don't want to be Dean or, or Dad because, yes, I like being villain characters, you know, like I've talk, uh, talked about it before, like waitress, I'd love to be the abusive husband because, but there's more to him than that. You know, whereas with Dean, it just feels like he's just a homophobe. Yeah. And there's nothing to dad's character. There's there's nothing to get stuck in on. There's nothing nuanced to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to be Hugo. Too many straight men play that role. Yeah. And that, I mean. We haven't talked about that so much, but. There's no reason for them to be casting straight men on the stage versions either. Yeah, and it seems like exclusively that role has always been a, a straight man. And that's dumb. So, and I'm certainly not Jamie. 
because I, I don't have the right to be. So I will not have a role. I'd enjoy directing this one. Mm. I think it would be a fun show to direct and to cast appropriately. Yeah. I guess you can play his mum. No, thank you. <laughs> you don't want to play a teacher? I don't think I'd want to be I don't think you could, yeah. I don't, I don't think. Considering how much it means to you, I don't think you could ever put yourself in the position to play the teacher no. and 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 say things that go against everything you believe in. Right? I just, I cannot imagine being in my classroom and hearing a kid say what Dean says to Jamie. And letting and them get away with it. And my response being, I will pretend I didn't yeah. hear that. And if I ever let down any of my students that hard, I will quit. Yeah. Because... I'm doing something really wrong. Right. So no no rolls this week because it's not appropriate. No, thank you. I like the show. I just don't want to be in it. Yeah. So over on Instagram, 81% of people said yes, they are a fan of everybody's talking about Jamie. I did specify the movie adaptation. So I'm assuming a lot of people have seen it and are commenting on that. Mm-hmm. We did get a message from Joseph Smith. Loved everyone talking about Jamie. The whole cast was talented and obviously having a blast. The songs are catchy and they managed to stay away from being too sappy with clever wordplay. I agree with most of the changes they made and the new music fits in well. Loved the relationship with him and mum and the heartbreak of the dad was handled really well. I feel refreshing good time with a dose of positivity was needed. It was a good bookend for watching Come From Away the next day. Both shows have been in my head for the last few weeks. I do like the relationship with mum. And I do really feel the heartbreak with dad. Mm. And like we said, This Was Me does work as a new song. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Some, some nice points there. On Twitter, 50% people said, yes, a wonderful film. 33% said, it's okay, I miss Legend of Loco Chanel. And 17% said no, misses the mark. So quite close, I would say. Yeah. It's not a runaway like others have been. Mm-hmm. And we had at Connections Cult say, having seen both recently, I think they are both great. I've been listening to the original cast recording. Films are bound to make changes, but no detriment to the point of the story. And I feel the changes do kind of overcome the end result. Yeah. Maybe it's clunky at times. Mm. Um, I gave this one three stars because I enjoyed it. I would watch it again. I feel it is an important film. I would give it two stars. Yeah. but I think... And I feel like that is for the exclusion of a, a bunch of songs that really help with the pacing. Yeah. And that I just started getting, not bored, but like my attention span started slowly slipping away from this one. Yeah. Because of the sheer amount of ballads in one show. And I, if you compare it with something like Les Mis, which has a, a huge majority of ballads, and I know the Tenardiers are in there for a reason. Yeah. But I never lose focus in that. No. no. Because and it's that's a all lot really as gripping. Well. Like everything that they're saying is so important and to be listened to, whereas this had a lot of repetition yeah. in the ballads. Yeah. Not I'd, necessarily a problem, but it just I think this wasn't is one, one for me. where there's a benefit 
after seeing this before seeing the stage show. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the reverse of what we did with Phantom, where Phantom film never stood a chance yeah. against Phantom, the stage show. I think this has wet my appetite. I think this is a nice way to be accessible for everyone because not everyone can get to London to see everybody's talking about Jamie. Yeah. I don't think it's been in America yet. And, you know, the tour that's currently going around the UK isn't necessarily going everywhere. This is certainly a really good way for people to access a very important story. Mm-hmm. But it's by no means the the best way to yeah. experience this story. And yes, I really want to see a stage show. Mm-hmm. I think it's great to see these voices represented Yes, the representation has not always been where it should be. Mm-hmm. And that is a problem. And it still isn't. And it's still a problem that needs to be worked on. Yeah. But I think if I was a child growing up who was part of the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. I would feel a little bit more safe in myself having watched this film. having seen some representation. Mm. Mostly I just feel let down. Yeah. And maybe it's because I'm not a teenager anymore, but then if you isolate just the main girl's storyline from the prom, I felt very much that that was something I would have needed to see as a teenager, (laughs) excluding all of the adult stuff that was in there. But with this one, I don't think this would have no, but I think meant anything to me. But, but then I'm not a teenage boy, so, you know. But I also think back to the films that I had growing up where all of the gay characters were stereotyped and caricatures or were sexualized. And at least growing up here, you have got Jamie. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Yeah, and he's very confident in who he is as a person, which is really nice to see. Yeah, and comes with a genuine voice. Yeah. So, three stars. I want to see the stage show now, please, and thank you. Mm -hmm. Maybe that can be one of our 2022. Yeah, maybe not right now. Yeah. I'm tired. Well, next week, we are going to live theatre. Yeah, we are. In fact, the next two weeks, we're going for live theatre, because we are going to start with... Bedknobs and Broomsticks, the brand new musical. Yes, Bedknobs and Toothpicks. One that neither of us have seen. Yes, indeed. We've seen the film. We're excited to see how this translates to the stage. I know there is some big imagineering stuff going into this, so I'm excited. Disney bringing back the live theatre industry in the UK with Frozen and Bedknobs and Broomsticks. And And Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. And then in two weeks, we're going to swap roles. Yeah, we're going to see School of Rock, which I have never seen. I've seen the film a long time ago. I don't remember a whole lot of it except the music. But yeah, and you have seen it. Multiple times. directed it. And also been in it. The version I directed. I can't wait to talk about that. I'm so excited for you to show me videos. I'm very, very excited because I love School of Rock. Up until Frozen, I'd have said it's my favourite musical. Awesome. So we will be talking about another Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. Oh, God, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So that is the next two weeks, and then we'll be starting our spooky wookie season. But mm-hmm. we do have the programming in for the rest of the year, so watch this space, and we will 
I'm sure, reveal all in a, in a few weeks. Because yep. there's, blimey, there's 12 episodes left of the year. <gasps> That's not long enough. I have things to do. Right. We've had a phenomenal week as well. Mm-hmm. In Virginia. In America. Yeah. And I can't quite understand why. I mean, we're pretty good. I know that. Mm-hmm. But if you are listening to us from Virginia, say hello. Let us know. Because it's it's very, very obvious from looking at our listening statistics that it's the area in the world we're being listened to more than anywhere else. So say hello to us, please, and thank you. And uh, let us know what's going on over in Virginia. Yeah. As always, you can get in touch over on Twitter and Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. Let us know your thoughts on Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Have you been lucky enough to already see the tour? Keep it spoiler free. But let us know. Mm-hmm. And let and us know your thoughts on School of Rock. Yeah. And you can follow our adventures now over on TikTok, where I have already put up a video um, of what we will be doing in the coming week. But yep. you can follow us on that now. We are It's a Musical Pod on TikTok. Excellent. It's very exciting. I still don't understand TikTok. I so love TikTok. It's I'm great. along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And you can, of course, find us on a multitude of good podcasting platforms. There's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the Amazon Music app under the podcast section, and Podbean. Mm-hmm. Make sure you are subscribed so you're notified for all new episodes. Yep. And if you're feeling generous, why not head over to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and leave us a five-star review and tell us what you love about It's a Musical Podcast. Mm-hmm. But until next week, where we'll be going back to Bed Knobs and Broomsticks, yeah. we will see you next week, same bat place, same bat channel. Have a magical musical Monday.